Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good morning, I'm Eric Reeser. Super Bowl 58, Sunday in Las Vegas. Kickoff from Allegiant Stadium is 6.30. The Niners are two-point favorites over the Chiefs. NFL honors were handed out last night. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson named the most valuable player. Texans QB C.J. Stroud won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Stroud's the sixth Buckeye to win that award in the last eight seasons. Several members of the Browns won as well. Defensive end Miles Garrett named Defensive Player of the Year. Kevin Stefanski earned Coach of the Year honors. Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz was named Assistant Coach of the year and quarterback joe flacco won comeback player of the year in college football espn's pete thamel says ohio state oc bill o'brien interviewed for the vacant boston college job on thursday bc is expected to decide on that in the coming days and in college hoops the fifth ranked ohio state women's squad won at minnesota 74 to 47 they're 11 and 1 in big 10 play they'll play at michigan state sunday at four breaking sports news when it happens on the fan ohio sports destination Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I and just I'm said it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look sure. it up. Because it's Hulk sure. Hogan. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. I mean, he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do a live on a Friday edition of the program. The last football Friday of the year. This is it. This Well, well the I, UFL the starts U- in March, Bo. Silly me. Silly me. <laughs> I can't wait to break that down. Won't we do a spring game football Friday in April? Do All right, it. fine, fine. Throughout March, we're actually doing two days on the UFL teams. We'll make sure to get a beat guy from each team. This this, this, this is true. We'll do a beat guy the UFL. And then we'll also, I think probably we ought to be live at the Woody the entire month of March. Anytime anyone walks by, then we want to have breaking news headers and be ready. Um, because, we, you know, you get to see the greatest football team in the history of the world. So that's that's coming, too. So I lied to all of you right out of the gates. I hate lying right out of the gates. Um, fun little program for you here. We will uh, have some fun with some Super Bowl prop bets. Uh, Tim's going to join us at 1033, get his reaction to some of the uh, some of the comments from Ryan Day earlier in the week. Our buddy John Breach can join us at 1133 as well. Uh, what we learned this week, quite honestly, a lot. Again, every t- every time a week stacks, it's amazing what is uh, what happens over the course of a sports week here in Central Ohio and then across the country and the and the world as well. Um, I did want to start here because this is Super Bowl weekend, and this has super the Super Bowl has been what feels like a holiday in this country for most of my life. It's it's been that. Um, now where I grew up, it wasn't because of because this this game would start at four thirty. It was fine. It was fine, right? Because you, it's, it's done and it's eight o'clock. 
And okay, fine. Let's have a Sunday and that's it. It did put a damper on the Super Bowl parties as I started to get older. Um, that, that the Super Bowl parties would, would lose a little bit of their juice because, you know, how, I mean, how hard can you go when you got to work on a Monday? But here it's exacerbated even more by the 630 kick and how late you get into it. Um, and we, I think everybody can kind of agree that they ought to just line it up with President's Day and just make that the Monday after the Super Bowl, that seems like the easiest fix ever. It's totally arbitrary where the President's Day is anyway. Just make it the Monday after the Super Bowl or make the Super Bowl the Sunday before President's Day. Whichever one needs to happen, that would be the simple fix. My first memory of the Super Bowl, like, <coughs> excuse me, truly clear, was Super Bowl twenty. So 1986. Um, I remember as a kid, my, my mom had recorded, there's something on Friday nights called like, it was like, I can't remember the, the name of it, but I remember it was something like Friday night videos. And cause we didn't have MTV or anything, but like on one of the broadcast channels, NBC, CBS, or ABC, they had uh Friday night videos. They'd play an hour of music videos that would go on at like midnight. Right. So it'd go from like midnight to one in the morning and my mom would record it. And then I'd have a little bit decent handle of, of the type of music that was going on because again, no MTV. There wasn't even FM stations where I lived, by the way. So like you could not hear contemporary music. It was only <laughs> you didn't have FM radio. Like no, no there was, but the, I, I shouldn't have said there weren't F, there, there was FM radio. I should have said there were, there was no popular music FM radio. Okay. I'm not a quite that. Lot of, a lot of country probably. Yeah. A steady dose of Willie and Waylon and all that stuff is fine, but that, that was the steady dose. Like there was no, there was not a rock station. There was not a pop station, nothing. So this was the way, and I will never forget on this, uh, on this VHS, the first video on it, um, was, uh, walk a life by dire straits. Um, there was a Phil Collins video on it as well on this hour long video, but the end, the final video on this videotape in the one hour was the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> and so the Super Bowl shuffle, I remember watching that tape, fast forward, rewind, watch it, rewind it, watch it, rewind it. At at that age, my grandmother had actually, I had it memorized immediately. I would sing it to anybody who would ask. I was like a performance clown. <laughs> sing the Super Bowl shuffle, clown. Everyone's going to think it's cute. And I would do it. And my grandmother had a tape, like a an actual tape of me singing the Super Bowl Shuffle. Um, Did you have the McMahon glasses? Maybe oh God, a headband? I had no access to that. The best I could hope for, I remember for Christmas, they used to get, like, there was a company called Hutch that would sell in, like, the Sears catalog that would sell the full uniform. So I did have, like, a Walter Payton full Bears uniform. Just a little plastic helmet, too. Yeah, but it fit. And he had the little helmet and the t just flimsy shoulder pads. But it was a full uniform, and so that was that was it. So I became a Bears fan off of that and, and the Super Bowl shuffle. And so the first Super Bowl I remember is Super Bowl twenty. I remember it vividly. Um, we had gone to some friend's house, and they had kind of like a split-level, my parents' friend's house, and they had like a split-level house. And everybody was rooting for the Patriots. Everybody. Nobody in Montana liked Ditka. Nobody liked the Bears. Too chesty. Everything. So it was literally me and my mom upstairs on on a small TV watching the Super Bowl rooting for the Bears and the rest of the party rooting for the Patriots. And of course my dad was rooting for the Patriots cuz he's always been a jerk. And and so like what would he care? Why why would you not I'm 8. Why 7 years old? Why would you care who you're rooting for? So anyway, but he so that he, so he that's rooted all to spite you? <laughs> There's no question. And he's only done that my entire life. Is is root against. So we get we they if in that Super Bowl the Patriots score first. 
And I remember being in this upstairs room and grown men coming up to talk smack to me. As if you were on the team and it was yeah, your fault. As if I was like, what did I, you know, I'm a little kid. You gave up point. that touchdown. You blew that yeah. coverage. So the Patriots scored a field goal first and then it's a whitewashing. It's 46 to 10. And at the time it was the biggest margin in the history of the Super Bowl. The, the 49ers would, would get that a couple years later when they beat the Broncos, I think 55 to 10. But for a, a window, that margin was the biggest beatdown in the history of the Super Bowl. Um, and, and so I, I remember them all from that point on, but that is my first memory of the Super Bowl was, was the, it was the 85 season, but it was the 86 Super Bowl 20. Reese, what was your first Super Bowl memory? What do you remember first? Honestly, I think the first vivid memory was Justin and Janet. <laughs> yeah. Like, I sure, bet it was. like, sure, I remember games, but none of them yeah. stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, first game I remember was like really, you know, really remember was Patriots 18 or 17 and 0. Okay. So the loss to the Giants. Yeah. So that was, that was the one out in the desert. That's like 07. I think so. Probably something like that. Um, did you realize on the Justin Janet thing what had happened right away? Not right away, but I remember like the commotion made by my parents. It happened. It was so quick. It was very quick. That you like, I think if it would have happened ten years earlier, without the advent of freezing it and stopping it, like you would have had to have been rec- without DVR. I don't think anyone would have. You're really still noticed recording on it, videotape that at that it point. It was so VHS. quick. Yep. It was so quick that I don't think you would have even. It would have been nearly the big deal because there wasn't it like the again. I think I was in sixth grade, maybe. Yeah, and. Uh, up to that point, you know, you're not coming in on Monday and talking about anything really other than what did Ohio State football do at that age? Because sure. there was like a smattering of Bengals fans, but everybody's fan affiliations were so all over the place because they had grown up really without the Cleveland Browns. And even when yeah. the Browns were back, it wasn't much to talk about. This is the first time I can remember coming back on a, going to school on a Monday. Thinking, did you see what happened last night in the Super Bowl? Because everybody got context provided yeah. to them by their parents who were freaked. Yeah, they. And were, what yeah. the hell they? The, what the hell did MTV just God do? God forbid. God forbid. Chops, how about you? So that one stands out in my mind as well, and I remember the exact situation because it was just a very specific time in our life. But the Super Bowl has always kind of been linked in my family a little bit because my brother was born on the Super Bowl. Another time in his life, it was the Super Bowl again. His birthday's January twenty eighth, so that was just a couple of weeks ago. And then this year. My mom's birthday is the Super Bowl here on February 11th. So happy birthday, mom. That's very exciting for everybody. But that one, we moved on my brother's birthday in 2004 from Georgia to Ohio on January 28th. And so this Super Bowl, I wanted to look it up. What was the actual date? It was February 1st. So it was just four days later. There's a Super Bowl. We didn't have our cable set up. We didn't. I don't even know if we had everything unpacked because I remember we specifically had to do like hanger in a small TV to get the channels over the air. And so we didn't know anybody. There was nowhere else to go. So we just watched at home on this little TV, but that happened at halftime. And we like, because the TV was so small, it's a Carolina and New England. It's yeah. Sean Alexander's MVP season. Where is that Super Bowl at? That Super Bowl is in Houston. Okay. 
Yeah, because I, I always remembered it more as the Patriots-Eagles, but that's the next season with T.O. playing with yeah. the broken leg and everything. So those are the first two I remember because I also, that was like, that was my fourth grade year in school, and that was the first year I had played football. And so I got a lot more into football. I was a bit of a nerdier kid before, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and uh, <laughs> Pokemon video games before then. Uh, but yeah, that that is definitely my first one. And I will say this. I've noticed something amongst my generation. Maybe it's something with like younger millennials and maybe even into Gen Z. The death of the Super Bowl party. I have not. I have not I been invited to a Super Bowl party yeah. since high school. Yeah, I want to. I want to get into that because I, there was that's made a little bit of headway this week in terms of like how big of a deal are those still? And by the way, you guys, the idea. This is your make your uncle Bo feel old day. I was at a Super Bowl that predates your memories of a Super Bowl. <laughs> so that's that's where we're at today, kids, on a Friday. Yeah. Um, so that's where you stand on that. Um, this It's a two-point spread. It's, this should be, and we'll get into the game, and we'll get into what's at stake for both. Um, I did get a heads up from a, a, a former kind of a washed-up Wyzetta High School linebacker <laughs> who said his first memory was actually the Niners beating the the Chargers. So that is, and that Niners team is, is maybe one of the greatest teams ever. That's prime played one year for the Niners. They wore the, the shadow drop numbers with the, the white. Those, those are spectacular. Steve Young, MVP, dominant, and they beat the brakes off the Chargers in that Super Bowl. Remember how mad James used to get talking about the 98 Vikings? And watching oh them every right, he, 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 what the he, say? he was he was hanging out with like Marion Barber, and he was he was like we'd get a we'd get a pizza. large pizza every Sunday, and we'd sit yeah, there and watch it. the Vikings. That's right, that's right. Gary Anderson never missed a kick until then, all year he was perfect until then. Then he missed Tough. it. It's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of tortured souls uh, when you think about the Super Bowl, and it's also wild that nobody from Ohio's ever won it in terms of a team from Ohio. They've been playing it a long time, and there's and two no teams one's won in the, the state. Super Bowl. Yeah, we've had a had a lot of at bats through what is this Super Bowl fifty what? I don't Eight. even know where we are. L L fifty eighth. Yeah, yeah. Lord, I, he says, still hurts. <laughs> still not over it. Yeah, I don't blame him. Those are you're never gonna. That's his. That's that's fifteen and one. That that Vikings team that year. Um, the death of the Super Bowl party could be upon us. Um, we're going to get into that. We had a, a quite a bit of news last night in the sports world. We'll get into some of the things that happened. Um, hear from some of the participants in the Super Bowl. Give you our favorite prop bets. We're off and running here on an actual Friday edition. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <coughs> The best hair on the air. You are listening to Bishop and Friends. Hey, gear up with the Typico Sportsbook and get on the betting action, the playoff football. 
basketball, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boost on your favorite teams and players. Biggest payouts. Try the new Flex Parlay and cash on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now and get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100. Get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. We'll hit some of our prop favorites coming up here at 10 o'clock. Uh, some of the prop bets we like. Dancing Kev with this. His first Super Bowl memory is 82. Uh, that's when Kenny Anderson and the Bengals uh, got beat by Joe Montana. Led 49ers in the Silver Dome 26-21 on a very cold January day. Um, this is good. Matt, Wolfman Matt with this. This is this is the other part if you're of a certain age as, as I am. His first Super Bowl memories are John Facenda and the Steve Sable Super Bowl highlights. Um, first game he remembers is Super Bowl 23, Montana to, to Taylor for the Bengals. That's true. Like when you would get Sports Illustrated in those days, they would send you the, like the Super Bowl highlight tape from the, from the previous year. Like that was, it was an NFL films videotape would come with the subscription. Um, so that was a lot of it where they would do it. And I think in the old days, ESPN in the lead up to the Super Bowl would, would do the NFL films condensed version of the Super Bowl every half hour leading into it. I think NFL so, Network has been doing a lot of that. I don't even yeah. know if it's condensed. I think they've just been showing all of them for like the last week or so. Yeah, like nobody wants to watch a three-hour Super Bowl again. No. But you give me you give me a, a a Facenda voice and you give me Sable editing it, and and now all of a sudden with the fan, with the classical music, now you're onto something. And so they used to do that. ESPN used to do that leading into uh, Super the Super Bowl. They would play every Super Bowl's thirty-minute highlight thing. Leading into it, um, and it was those were absolutely outstanding on that front. You mentioned the death of the Super Bowl party. I, I, I was organically, I, I thought of that as well. And I was going to ask you guys about it. Um, it's it's the damnedest thing that that these things do seem to be dying off. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I told that story about me on my elevator ride earlier this week about, <laughs> I don't know that anybody wants to talk to anybody anymore. We're just heads and phones and earbuds and, and please don't, don't even look at me or talk to me. I'm too locked in. I, I don't, is that just too simple of a reason why? Well, I think it's that we've talked about how the home experience is so good for people nowadays. So you don't have to go to your friend's house who has the one giant rear projection TV or anything like that. So I think that's a big factor. And I think it's the Sunday factor because I still go to watch parties for bowl games, various other Ohio State games throughout the season. And even on Sunday during the regular season, because you have the one o'clock games, usually it's not like a party, but you you will go somewhere, you know, a fun casual joint and watch with some friends and have a few beers. But with a 630 kickoff time in the Super Bowl being such a locked in event, it's not really something you want to go watch at a bar anyways. So it's not even that good of a bar day either. And I think the problem with the Super Bowl is it's become too much of that locked in event. What's the point of a party when you have to watch the game, the commercials, the halftime show? There's no time to mingle and hang out with anybody because everybody wants to watch everything that's on the screen for four hours. You hit it. And that's my beef. So we need breaks. Lovely friends of ours uh, invited us to a Super Bowl party Sunday, uh, and and the blonde asked me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. But then as soon as I do that, I as soon as I said yes and said, yeah, let's go, it immediately pops into my head. Okay, but how are you gonna have? How are you going to be able to watch everything? Because Monday we're going to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the commercials. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about the halftime. We're going to talk about the pregame. Look, this is a big game for Tony Romo. Like, I think he needs to like have a day 
a little bit. Like he's in in the in the crosshair a little bit here. Um, and and so mm, Romo in the postseason though. <laughs> right, typically it's not gone well. So like, he's got a lot of pressure on him. I, so I want to watch all of that stuff. And I prefer as soon as I said yes, and and it, it's it's got nothing to do. I, they're lovely people. They're some of our very very best friends. Love them dearly. Um, but I would have preferred to just be locked in at my house and locked in. I probably would have had a notepad, or yeah. even in my phone, I would have taken notes of things that interest me. And in a Super Bowl party atmosphere, that's impossible. So yeah, you're either going to miss the things that you are like, oh, I actually do want to see that. Or it's not going to be a party atmosphere at all. And in which case, what's the point of everybody getting together and sitting around and watching the TV just focused in on it? It, Well, the cocktail part works. The the cocktails is is the other part. Like, yeah, 6 a.m. comes comes early, (laughs) big fellas. Like that's that's coming on Monday, no matter what, no matter what happens on a on a Sunday. So I think that's the other part of it, which gets back to our conversation. Like, just move the damn thing, or move this President's Day, one or the other. Like, make it so it lines up, so Monday's off. Can I interest you in eight thirty p.m. on a Monday night for the Super Bowl? Would that be something you would like? (laughs) Jeez, who came up with that programming idea? You know how you make this next these next eight months easier. Is whoever run, whoever is running, whichever eighty year old it is, just say I'm going to move President's Day as your president to the yep. day after the Super Bowl. Now you're on to something. You get my vote. Got it. Yeah. Could either one of them remember what President's Day is? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know that either one would know. Uh, no, faith is not point. high in that. Research a one vis- uh, one issue voter it's and really it's a- move President's Day to the day after <laughs> the it. Super Bowl. <laughs> they can't get need. anything else done. That's <laughs> true. It doesn't matter who's in the chair. I can't wait for move President's Day to the day after the Super Bowl to become bipartisan and or the opposite to become partisan. And somehow there's different factions arguing with each other for whatever reason. And we just want the day after the Super Bowl off, guys. That's all we want. That's all we want. What does your if you have to pick one hors d'oeuvre, one I mean, this is super the Super Bowl is Bootsy Heaven because it's just snacks. So it's yes. dinner snacks or dinner. So what is the one thing like if you have to pick one thing that has to be there, what is it? I think any football day, if you're talking about like the football tailgate spread, it's buffalo chicken dip. That's the classic. That's the the great one. Throw a block of cream cheese in there. Throw some Frank's Red Hot on it. Buffalo chicken dip. I think it's just a buffalo chicken thing. So whether it is wings or buffalo chicken dip, last year I had a friend make buffalo chicken egg rolls. Mm, oh that boy. were pretty great, but just buffalo chicken good. fill in the blank. Cause, Did you, you know, dip them in ranch too? That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Did you, I tell you? Did I tell you guys that I had up until like two years ago I had never tried buffalo chicken dip? You did explain that to us, and I found that unfathomable. It, what impossible. was the reason? Like I just it never occurred. It was never around when I was a kid, never, and it never was something that like I don't. I'm not just going to go buy a dip for myself to enjoy, right? Like yeah. I'm just you know I'm not going to go to the grocery. I'm going to I'm going to crush a dip for dinner. Like you know I don't do that. So. The only time I would ever be have that would be like at a Super Bowl party. And quite honestly, I haven't been to that many Super Bowl parties. Usually I was working. I mean, when I was at Channel 10, we did Big Wall on, on Sunday night. So there was no Super Bowl party there. And I don't feel like Dom would ever make anything like that. Yeah. And not no. even just Super Bowl, but because of your job, you probably haven't made it to too many tailgates. In, no, in not too many tailgates either. either. No. So I just had never had it until like two years ago. And then I discovered, I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. yeah what a great idea. This is fantastic. What a win. My mom makes a really good one because she actually like cooks chicken breasts and shreds it herself instead of just like the canned chicken and stuff. And so that'll show up every once in a while during the fall at our house. Well, at her house whenever we visit. 
I think it can still be considered yours. It's where you yeah. grew up. It's still, <laughs> this was a really funny, I think I told this, I don't know. Either way, Jayla was very excited because my mom said, oh, I got a new bedspread for Mark's room where we stay when we visit there. And she goes, oh, you're finally getting rid of the Hawkeye one. Great. So it's not going to look like a teenager's room. And she goes, oh no, it's just another Hawkeye one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mark likes when he comes home. So we sleep under a, a big tiger hawk. <laughs> When, we're, when we visit Dayton. That's, that's, that's what Mark prefers when he comes home, Jennifer. Uh, NFL honors last night. The Browns cleaned up. Uh, the Buckeyes did as well. We have a new Hall of Fame class going in as well. Uh, lots to get to coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up? What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a Super Bowl football Friday edition of the program. NFL honors last night out in Las Vegas. Um, did you guys watch any of it? No. no it's I, too late. Nine o'clock. Is it always on the right before the Super Bowl? Yeah. That Thursday they, of, they the always last, do it. Last few years, you know, probably the last decade or so they've done it. I don't um, watch shows I think it's kind that of can be cool boiled thing. down to a list at the end of oh, it. Oh, they're just tweets. Yeah. I agree. I do think like it's a kind of a cool thing for the. I think it's a, probably a very cool thing for the players. Apparently, Kirk Cousins did a dance. Did he have he all the like gold chains on? Well, he's. I mean, wasn't he injured or something? Like, I don't know. It feels what, like a win. He either way, that? Well, he, was, Kirk- he did have an injury, but I, but I think he's probably all right. I think we're. Pro- well, he went- it wasn't an Achilles, was it? Did he go to Doctor Neil Elatrache or whatever the guy who does every surgery now? Yeah, Dr. James Andrews passed him on. Mm-hmm. So now, now that that guy does them all. Um, that's a hell of a hell of a job, wasn't it? Of Dr. James Andrews? Yes. By making sure that everybody mentioned over the course of 25 years that every orthopedic surgery that would happen would be done by him. And then you become a big enough deal that you just get to live in Southern California and they all come to you. You don't have to go to the big, yeah. important NFL players to give them their surgery. Yeah, he showed, off, out his, to California. He showed off his Achilles scar and he's dancing on stage. Dancing around. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Kirk Cousins yeah, doesn't cr- care about football. <laughs> Crazy thing about James Andrews, he continued to live in Birmingham because really? he was the team doc for Auburn. Okay. I think he did Auburn and Alabama. Yeah, El Atrache, every time they it's, they go out to California for him. They go to him. Yeah, well, that's where uh, I think Deshaun got, did that, too. Pretty yeah. sure he did that. Um, so we had, look, we cleaned up. I mean, the Browns won everything they were up for. They won comeback player of the year. They won defensive player of the year. Stefanski won coach of the year. Jim Schwartz won assistant coach of the year. I this the Miles and Stefanski stuff made no sense to me. There was a narrative that started to happen around the end of the season of like you cannot judge Miles just on sacks. Um, you have to you have to look at how many times he's double teamed, his pass rush win rate, all of that stuff. He he's a very PFF guy and if you mm-hmm. actually watch the browns yes statistically he's below tj watt in sacks and tackles for loss and all of those things but if you watch the way that teams handle miles and the impact that he has i think it's fair and 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 just and to me it feels like i mean tj won it last year it's going to be those three guys rotating it now that aaron donald's aging a little bit it's going to be miles it's going to be micah and it's going to be tj like next year if micah stays healthy it's going to be micah parsons 
The, it's funny that you mentioned Miles Garrett being like a PFF guy because, yeah, you're right. Once they like really do their numbers and they look at every game, he rates super well. And they are way off like those, not just them, but analytics people in general are way off like the idea of sacks. Sacks are somewhat of like there are, there's a little bit of luck to them. It's all about like the pressures and what you're like consistently doing when they look at it. But it's funny the PFF guys a few weeks ago, they were talking about these awards and they were saying that they think it should be Miles Garrett. And they were like, oh, but the Steelers fans are going to get in our mentions because any oh, yeah. because right now their Super Bowl is TJ Watt winning the defensive yeah. player of the year because they care way too much about this award. They certainly do. Um especially for a team that has six Super Bowls. Right. Like you feel like you'd you'd be you know, and never loses. Like they, it's not like they just no. need something. No. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. But um yeah, so I, to me that one felt and Stefanski to me, I know that there was some D- D'Amico Ryan's and a little bit of uh of thought for um old boy up in Detroit, but from a Stefanski winning eleven games with five quarterbacks, like that's the final it. And remember, this is all done before the postseason. So like if you had the if you had seen what had happened in the postseason, I don't he probably doesn't win it. It might even be D'Amico. Um it could have been Dan Campbell, but because it happens after the regular season, it's not just five quarterbacks. It's no Nick Chubb, all of it. That makes sense. Uh Flacco comeback player of the year was an interesting one to me. And that was from the standpoint of if DeMar Hamlin is going to be on the ballot, like he he was gone, brought back to life and then played football this year after not playing and Kind of, well, did he sort of die on the field for God's yeah, sake? Yeah, his heart stopped. Yeah, so he died of. on the field. They resuscitated <laughs> him. Come back from that. And he came back and play. Like, I guess what was funny is I saw some of the ballots and like some people had DeMar Hamlin like second in the balloting. Like he's got to be either all of the first place votes or none. Like he shouldn't even be in the category because in terms of what happened on the field, there wasn't, <laughs> he didn't have that. Yeah. How could you be somebody who's like, I thought it was pretty impressive, but him coming back to life wasn't that impressive. Wasn't impressive I'm not as Flacco one. the last month for the Browns. I mean, it wasn't quite that impressive. I do feel like from the dead to your point about uh, Stefanski and like the playoff game. I think it was because Flacco led that team to the playoffs. Had they been yeah. dead and gone and he just, you know, chauffeured them to the end of the season and that was it. Probably goes to Demar, but because he got them over the hump into the postseason, then I, I think that's what makes it. I, it's still really weird because again, Demar Hamlin died and then came back to play NFL football. That's interesting too, because yeah, what if Flacco had the same run statistically and the same play, but the Browns lost one or two of those games and didn't make the playoffs? Flacco doesn't what get if, this award. What if he just would have done it the first six weeks of the season, or or weeks six through twelve? You know what I mean? Right. Watson came back. He wouldn't have won it. It's just that he he won the best, biggest games for them down the stretch. Uh, C.J. Stroud, good job out of him. To the surprise, I don't think of anyone. Um, He wins Rookie of the Year. I guess I hadn't put it. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Like This list is incredible. 16 Bosa, 17 Marshawn Lattimore, 18 Bosa, uh, 20 Chase Young, 22 Garrett Wilson, 23 C.J. Stroud, I, I had teased when Threes and I were doing the show years ago, we had teased with, with Pantone, like, don't worry about position you. You're NFL you. And this is your best example of this, is this incredible run of rookie of the year. And CJ now is is something that we've really never had. He has now set a base mark, a benchmark rather, of of quarterback play. I mean, he's he's got a chance pretty easily to be the greatest quarterback Ohio State's ever produced. It, and it, not necessarily that there are a ton to choose from, but like this is pretty remarkable stuff that he's done in year one. And if you're redrafting the NFL right now at the quarterback position, he probably goes in the top five or six. Oh, he's number which one. Which is crazy. 
Oh, well, I guess if you're redrafting the, the twenty two, the twenty three draft. No, no, no. I mean, every no, quarterback in the league, league can yeah. be drafted. I think he's in the top five or six. I'm yeah. guessing the wizard who's going to play on Sunday would go one. It's it's not a shame, but it, it's like a little unfortunate for Ohio State and the the way their quarterbacks are perceived when they get to the NFL. That C.J. Stroud came not only at the end of the run of three straight first round quarterbacks and definitely had the best rookie season of the three and looks like he could be on his you know the track to beat out Justin Fields have the the best career if he continues anything like this yeah. that he did his first year in Houston and then you're going to have a gap because the you know no quarterback's going to leave Ohio State this year and get drafted even if Will Howard gets drafted I don't know if he's going to be able to play himself into a first round that's something that's going to happen but he doesn't really get Ohio State credit either because he oh, spent we'll four years we'll take it but he spent we'll four years at, he'll be on a graphic spent four years at Kansas State and then came to Ohio State and then you're yeah. talking now there's younger guys and so it's going to be between CJ Stroud and the next like Ohio State quarterback drafted it's going to be like three three years probably I mean just looking at the odds per typical sports book Will Howard's got the fourth best Heisman odds right now and if he wins the stiff arm trophy like he's going in with an OSU jersey they have to change that to OSU quarterback in the offseason because that's what they mean they do it every year they put yeah. OSU quarterback uh, there is a fierce competition odds. expected. I did hear that earlier this week. <laughs> You're right. Anyway. It will be Will Howard starting, but I'm just saying they always, they no matter what, Ohio State quarterback yeah. is high in the, Kyle McCord was in the odds going into the season last year. Yeah, they that unfortunately, although I guess they did have, it's more, I guess it's a little bit more open than the MVP where they at least have some ability for a position player. Devonta Smith did win mm-hmm. it. So there is at least some open-mindedness to to other positions, but it's just so hard for it not to be a quarterback. Um, but it's a, it's a hell of a start for CJ. Lamar did win MVP. Did he win it unanimously? No. One vote. Yeah. Someone voted for Josh Allen. Okay. Huh? That kept him from being a two-time unanimous MVP. I guess that's real. I could I could hear the person's argument on voting for Josh Allen because of what you know. It's the it's the Flacco thing. What did he do at the end of the season? Yeah. Willed his team to the playoffs yeah, and was, a divisional title. I was ready to be mad about that when I like looked at the numbers. I'm like, how do you not give it to Lamar? And I'm like, all right, sure. And if same thing with Mahomes. If somebody wanted to give it to Mahomes, it's like, well, he is a wizard. Like well, he's the cra- clearly yeah. the most valuable player. It's playing the Super Bowl. Mahomes is is kind of like. Um, there's a little bit of a Kobe thing with him um, or even a little bit of a LeBron thing with him. Like he's universally, it is universally known that he is the most valuable player in the national football league. Yes. Since he's been able to play, he is the most valuable. He's the best, most valuable player. He is only a two time first team, all pro he's, he's won the MVP twice. Um, and, and yet he's going to probably finish his career with fewer first team all pros than Peyton Manning. Um, almost certainly Manning's got like seven of them. Manning's got um, five MVPs too. Right, right. And so like even chasing that down is almost, it's almost impossible. And yet for the entire time that he's been playing, he's been the best player in football. Yeah. If you and did, it's like, the- well, we're just can't give it to him every year. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know. You got to make sure you give him enough. So that we look back historically with the proper context, that's for sure. If you did the MVP over the past five, six years, Mahomes would get every first place vote. There's no question. nobody would have any reason to vote for anybody else. But you're right. It, you know, we run into this here in Columbus too with the Ohio State head coach and getting Big Ten coach of the year. Yeah. Hey, no, you're supposed to be good. Therefore, you're not really eligible for not the just awards. good. You're supposed to be like, wow, can you believe what he just did on like a week to week basis? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. We have a new NFL Hall of Fame class as well. Uh, a former Buckeye gets in. Uh, some would say long overdue. We will get to that. And Oregon. Doing something that hasn't been done to Ohio State since 2010. It's coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. Uh, one, uh, two, uh, uh, 
The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bo knows many people. He talks to the interesting ones on this show. This is Bishop and Friends. Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024 unveiled last night. Um, in terms of the guys that were are getting in in the uh, in the traditional way, uh, Patrick Willis. I don't know what took that long on him. Um, his, he's basically the Terrell Davis of linebackers in terms of accomplishment, uh, but he gets in um, and and appropriately so, just absolutely dominant. Julius Peppers goes in in this class as well. Um, Andre Johnson is an interesting one because I think one thing that's very difficult about the Hall of Fame and their job right now is trying to decide um, what to make of the statistical accumulation that's had at that position in the last 20 years. Um, and and it's tough because there's there's a bunch of these guys that have gotten in. I mean, for example, like both of the receivers on the Steelers teams, the Steel Curtain teams, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, are both Hall of Famers. And statistically, they're no, not in the vicinity of, of a lot of the guys that are happening now. So there's a... I think the receiver position is one that's going to be very difficult for Hall of Fame voters to try to sort through on that front. And and I think, you know, when you have that conversation of is was he the best at his position while he played? I would imagine that that has to be part of that conversation. For some part of his career was he the best? Um and Andre Johnson was certainly dominant during his time in Houston. Um pull up have the MIT kids look up the uh amount of first the All-Pro list for Andre Johnson. How many times is he an All-Pro? That's always one that I kind of lean on a little bit um, at that spot. And by the way, they should probably expand the All-Pros two times two first team, to three. two times second team. So four total mm-hmm. uh, for Andre Johnson. Seven-time so Pro Bowl. Seven? Mm-hmm. Okay. Two-time um, uh, receptions leader, two-time receiving yards leader. So He's right on the cusp. Uh, you know, he gets in, you're thrilled. The uh, problem is his team never won anything. His team sucked. Yeah, his team really did. I think that was, that was kind of the issue there. Dwight Freeney gets in uh, to the uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. Just dominant during his time in Indian. There was a time when he was almost unblockable. It's funny. I'm on the uh, the NFL.com site, and after Dwight Freeney, this is what it says: Defensive end, Carolina Panthers, 02 to 09, 17 to 18, Chicago Bears, 10 to 13, and Green Bay Packers, 14 to 16. So they have Julius Peppers' career. Team accomplishments listed for Freeney. Okay, I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. I'm no. pretty sure the Colts were in there. <laughs> not, for a, no, a large not Yeah, when Freeney so used to up. when Freeney used to go outside and make the tackle meet him, mm-hmm. and then do that back inside spin move and go yeah. around him on the inside. That was just chef's kiss. Perfect football play. Yeah, yeah, certainly was. And then they get it right with Devin Hester. And the thing to me with Devin Hester is pretty simple. If you were doing, if you were playing the greatest game that's ever been played and you were having the best players, you were drafting that team to do like the Space Jam and go play like alien football players, Devin Hester's your return man. Yeah. Full stop. That's it. So 
he should have been in right away. Um, he was, he's the best return man that any of us have ever seen. And, and he gets in. And in fact, the other thing with him is like, he returned a kick in the Super Bowl for a touchdown. The other thing with him too is it's made even more special what he was able to do because he was such a weapon back there. And anytime it was like, ooh, Devin Hester's back there, teams would sometimes kick it to him and then learn after one that, no, we're not going to kick to him the rest of the game. But also it was like sort of the end of the return game being as as big as it could be in the NFL because the kick game is completely gone. And I think they've just gotten better at punt coverage. There is still a punt return every once in a while for a touchdown. But what I mean, I'm sure the numbers are in the 90 percentile for touchbacks on kickoffs nowadays. Yes, I I think that's probably fair. Um, Steve McMichael gets in on the Veterans Committee. This is I'm actually surprised. So he's got a weird career in that he's only – he only made two Pro Bowls in 86 and 87, but he's a five-time All-Pro, two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro. He's also fighting for his life and has been for f- quite a while, the former Bears legend, and also had a really remarkable career. He was in WCW as a wrestler. He's a former for, uh, United States Mongo. champion. Yeah, yeah. So. so he kind of had that. Um, anytime they, when he was healthy, anytime they do anything on the 85 Bears or on Buddy Ryan, you want to hear what McMichael has to say. Like he was kind of the, he's kind of the ringleader of that operation. So, uh, he gets in on the veterans committee and then Randy Gratishar gets in. Um, now this is former Buckeye great, obviously. You know, the thing about Gratishar that's pretty amazing. I've always felt like there were so many, so many teams were not properly represented. Um, and this is going to come at, I, people are sensitive in Pittsburgh. I get it. But not everybody who played for Pittsburgh in the 70s should be a Hall of Famer. They drafted four Hall of Famers in one draft at one point. Yeah. So it's just, they, everybody, it's like everybody who played for the Steelers is a Hall of Famer in the 70s. And that's, that's not hyperbole. Like almost all of them are. Yeah. It's crazy. And so they're finally making some of these things right. And Randy Gratisher is a guy who was finally made right. Randy was a NFL defensive player of the year in 1978, two-time first-team All-Pro in 77 and 78, three-time second-team All-Pro, 79, 81, and 83, seven Pro Bowls for Randy Gratishar. It shouldn't have taken a, a, a veterans committee to get him in. He should have been in anyway. I bet with the Steelers, it's, you know, the seventies, the NFL takes full hold, becomes what it is. The Super Bowl is now yearly and everybody knows what it is. And then they won a ton in that decade. So it makes sense, but you're right. Yeah. There, there are other players around the league that played during that decade. Yes, there are. And it does feel like they're finally making some of those things right, uh, a little bit with this class. Um, they're having experienced it last year with Joe, there are a few things cooler. Than, than that weekend in Canton and the way that like they throw a hell of a party. It's just, it's a remarkable party. Um, it lasts from really everybody starts to get in on Thursday. So it lasts Thursday and then Friday night and then Saturday is the big induction and then the incredible parties on Saturday night and just these surreal experiences of the, of the humans who are in these kind of like sprinters and just go from like party to party. Yeah. Like all of a sudden a sprinter will pull up and six Hall of Famers get out and they walk into the party. It's crazy. Do they try to line up who plays in the Hall of Fame game with somebody who's being inducted or was that just by chance? Okay. No, it will be. So I'm guessing for this one, it would be, I'm guessing you get, you probably get Colts. Yeah. It feels like Colts would be a good, cause I mean, that's all of them pretty much in Franey. Yeah. So I think you could do, I think it could very easily be like Colts and I would say Carolina. Mm-hmm. Would make sense. 
uh, with peppers. Um, you could also do 40, uh, 49ers in the Super Bowl. Probably not. Maybe Houston. Maybe you go Colts in Houston. Kind of, you know, a divisional game. But that, that, that would be my guess on, on how it could go. You could put the Bears in it too. I was just about to say the Bears, especially if field stays. The other thing about, that's a good call out of you because the other thing with the Bears is their fans would come. Yeah. They would, they'll, they will be jacked up for Devin Hester because that's the other thing you want is you want fan attendance to go. And I would recommend Bears Vikings. You could. You might have the number one overall pick playing in that game too. Yeah. The, the other thing I would say is like if you haven't gone, even if you don't, the proximity you get to like greatness is pretty crazy in that little, in that stadium. And they've done a nice job with it. It's pretty cool. Like that was, we had, um, oh, Sauce Gardner throwing passes to, uh, the boys <laughs> in the stands. Like they were, they, he's throwing passes to him. It was, it was very, very cool. Um, so I do recommend that. All right. Super Bowl is Sunday. Uh, we'll have a little fun with the Super Bowl props. Uh, we will make our picks for the game as well. That is coming up next. Uh, coming up at 1020, uh, Paul Feinbaum with an interesting question on should more, uh, it's, it's a statue question for Ohio State. In addition to that, uh, we're going to pay off that tease on what Oregon did that no one in the Big Ten has done to Ohio State in a very long time. That's coming up at 1020. Bishop and friends are here on the fan. One, two, three. Here in the van is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First Friday miracles are always better with Uncle Bo. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, second hour here. Tim May coming up at 1033. This is it, boys. Beat the house. Final time. Hit it. Beat the house. Sponsored by Typico Sportsbook. All right. We got some prop bets up here for you. Some from Typico Sportsbook. Some we had to maybe go offshore to find some of these odds. But we'll start with the game-specific ones. Let's do the, let's do the our pick on the game at the end. Yes. Well, okay. the right, game. Very good. For those who do want to know, though, we'll get to it. But right now it's 49ers minus two. It's really stuck around that basically all week. But first up on the prop bets, last play to be a QB Neal. The odds are yes, minus 165, no, plus 125. Boy, I mean, it's either going to end with a field goal attempt or it's going to end up or it's going to end with a Neal. I mean, there's. Well, it like, could be a team trying to drive and just runs out of time. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like Villanova the, the other night. Right, right. You could have a Bengals situation where you, you, you know, what happened with them at the end. I think I'm going to go. I'm. Gonna, I would go yes. Last play, Neil. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go yes on that, Reese. I'm going to go no. Okay. I like no as well on that one. I think there's just going to be enough going on that somebody's going to have to run an actual play there. I think the final the play, da bomb, <laughs> or they call it a hail mary in walk some off. places. Yeah, little walk off. 
something that would easily answer this question. Any team to make a game-winning walk-off field goal to end regulation? Yes, plus 800. No, minus 1,600. Well, I can't possibly choose the wine in front of you because of what I just did, so I'm going to choose the wine in front of me. I will say no, uh, you will not have a walk-off. Or that you will, yeah, you'll not have a walk-off field goal. Yeah, I do not think you will have a walk-off field goal. No, the, the odds are intriguing there, but I agree with you guys. I don't think we're going to get a walk-off field goal out of this one. Will there be an octopus? Now, an octopus, if for those who don't know, if you guys don't know or if listeners don't know, it's when somebody scores a touchdown and scores a two-point conversion, thus getting eight points. Octopi have eight limbs. Octopus, that's where I it comes from. I love the odds on oh, minus 10,000? Minus 10,000 on no, plus 1,100 on yes. Let's throw a couple down, baby. Come on. I mean, let's. I mean, let's get a little. Uh, le- absolutely. Yeah, you could see a, and it has to be in the end zone. It's not a quarterback. It's not a quarterback throw, and then a quarterback sneak. He would have to be physically. It has to be the player who's physically in the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, so like Mahomes couldn't get it if because I was thinking he can't throw both of them. He can't throw one of them even. I was thinking it'd be like a Travis Kelsey then, or yeah. a George Kittle. Yeah, in that respect, Christian McCaffrey maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Like why that not? That's that a fun one. Sounds fun. I was, really hoping, yes. I was really hoping for the actual animal the, or I, sea creature. Well, only if, if the lions were playing, the sea creature would have a chance. Just throw them on the field. Had throw it, the, out there. Had it been a repeat of last year's Super Bowl, that's the, Jalen Hurts is like the most likely player to get an octopus. Yes. Because sure. of the quarterback sneak situation with him. But obviously, he's not in the game. Longest touchdown scored. This one's an over-under of 37.5. The over is minus... Uh, 111, and the under is also minus 111. Huh? So even odds, but not even 50-50. <laughs> over. I'll go over. Someone's hitting home run. Both teams have that ability. I'm going so under. Over 37.7 yards. All right. It's not really like a 40-yard touchdown play. is isn't like, wow, but, you know. I think there's going to be a play longer than it, but I think the player's always going to get caught. Well, no Tyreek Hill anymore. And last up for the ones that have to do with the actual game. First scoring play, there's a few options here. I'll spare you the odds. We'll just go through it. Uh, 49ers touchdown, Chiefs touchdown, 49ers field goal, Chiefs field goal, Kansas City Chiefs safety, 49ers safety. The safety one is interesting because it's plus 7,000. Yeah. So... I mean, it feels like if you're predicting, I think they have this right in terms of how you predict this to go. To me, the most likely would be either of the two teams scoring a touchdown. It feels like either one of them would go down there and score a touchdown first, and then they'll adjust and they'll sort it out. You know, from an odd standpoint, both of them for field goals are pretty good. Niners plus 340 on the field goals and Kansas City plus 350 on the, on the field goals. Um, the safety one that it's hard to imagine a safety in the first play. one. Um, so I would think that I'll, I'll go with both. I'd, I'd put a little bit down on both the Niners field goal and the Chiefs field goal. I just like those odds a little bit. Was the Broncos Panthers the first scoring play of a safety or was it a the one, the one you're thinking of is Broncos Seahawks? Okay, um, where Manning didn't they they snap it over Manning? Yeah, like went over his head, right? I think they were down two not the way I remember it is they snapped over his head down nothing and then they kicked off to Percy Harvin and he returned it like all the way. I don't know if he scored, but like all of a sudden it was like nine nothing like that in that game, if I remember right. Yeah. So what I'll, did you I'll end up going with Bo? Sorry. I'm gonna, I want both field goals. 
I'm going to bet both field goals. So you're just saying field goal Jamie, will be the first score? Field goals first score. I guess I you like could bet on both. Goal. Hedge yourself. Yeah. Of course I can. Reeser? I'm going to do both Niners safety, Chiefs safety. Those odds seem fun. I'm going to go specifically and not waste any of my money because I think Sam Fran, they get to, I'm assuming they get to call the coin toss because they're the, they're the away team. So they're going to win it. And they're not going to defer. Kyle Shanahan's going to be aggressive. He's going to get it. And then they're going to get a field goal. I'm going San Francisco field goal for first score. It's funny how we remember these things in our head versus the reality of it. Okay. So the first score in that Super Bowl that the the Seahawks won, 43-8, Noshan Moreno fumbled a recovery in his own end zone. So it was one play. It was zero yards. So Moreno was a running back for the Broncos. So that must have been the play after it went over Manning's head. It must have. Yeah. yeah. So he must have fumbled. Yeah. I, yeah or did he recover it, the fumble no, 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 that went over Manning's head? In. It's the first play. So it goes over Manning's head and he it's recovered go, the and fumble. And he recovers it in the end zone for the safety. And then um, and then you have the and then they the the Seahawks tacked on a field goal to make it five nothing, and then another field goal, it was eight nothing, and at halftime it's twenty two to nothing, game's over uh, at that point. Now on to some of the fun ones, and there are some ads, uh, odds attached to these. First one up, the Drake curse. What team apparel will Drake wear on Sunday? you got Chiefs minus 170 and 49ers plus 130. I think he'll go opposite Swift, so give me Niners. I was going to say he feels like a front runner. I mean, he is. So I feel like he would want to buddy-buddy with Swift and go with Chiefs. Do you guys remember when he would like go in the layup line at Kentucky? Yeah, he went to like their like midnight madness, midnight madness. Thing. Would, like do layups. Have you seen the one he where was the headliner, <laughs> the meme that people will will do, and it's like when my team wins, and it's a picture of Drake in the full sweatsuit of Kentucky stuff, sitting in like the team meeting room while Calipari's giving him like a team meeting. Yeah, before one Crazy. of those things. Crazy. I'm gonna go with KC though because I feel like they've. I mean, there's so many star players on there, but I feel like Drake and Patrick Mahomes have probably rubbed elbows before, and he's gonna go with his guy. I don't know that for fact. I just feel like Mahomes has been at the top of the game for long enough that there's no way in my mind that he hasn't met Drake. Drake feels like the guy who says he's best friends with everybody. Yeah. FanDuel had this one. Over under 90.5 seconds for Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. The over is plus 102. The under is minus 128. Where do these normally hit? Between 90 and then like upwards of two minutes. This is a pretty low one. As far as the the total amount of time there, I think she's going to get through it. I, I don't I don't think you're going to see her holding notes. Um, I mean, how old is Reba McIntyre? She's got to be in her sixties, right? She has to be. Has to be. She 70s. was in Tremors in the eighties. Yeah, sixty eight. I love that your point of reference on Reba McIntyre is she was in Tremors, which is great, by the way. Tremors is fantastic. When I saw that she was in Tremors, it made me think she was older than I had previously thought. That's why I remembered it that way. But I have no reference really on her music. Well, when you don't have any any pop music as a kid, you have a very good reference. (laughs) No FM channels that played the popular music, so you have a pretty good reference on Reba McIntyre. I'm going to go under. Reese? Very under. Yeah, she's not going to hold or she's not going to... Add anything more to it than just singing. I think the I think the ninety point five is just a little bit too low. low. I'm going to go over, but there was when I was looking up these odds, it actually had been bet up uh, throughout the week, so I don't feel great about that. But I just I I feel like that number is just a little too low. This one's simple. It's it is a fifty fifty coin toss, heads or tails. 
Every time I was, uh, anytime I was a captain in anything uh, in football, always tails. I just always went tails. I don't have any idea if it makes any sense, but I would always go tails. Whichever the NFL logo is. That's, That's true. They don't do an actual coin. They do like those special So logos. stupid. Like you can't say heads or tails because it's either NFL logo or I think the Super Bowl logo. Like the Super Bowl logo has the logos for both teams. And it's a, right. just bring a quarter, man. Right. So whichever one they announce, because they, they usually announce which one is heads and tails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, but I'm going to go tails as well because tails never fails. That's what I always said. And whenever I had a chance to call a coin flip, I always go with tails. I was never a team captain and got to do it in that sense, though. Yeah. Will either kicker hit the upright or crossbar on a missed field goal or extra point attempt? Yes, plus 400. No, minus 700 odds. Sure. Yeah, that seems fun. Why not? Yeah, that's it's indoors, so there's not like going to really be any wind affecting it. But it's more like, fun to go with a the... prop like that. Yeah, you're hoping you're you're really looking forward to that happening. Yeah. Super Bowl Gatorade color orange plus three hundred, blue plus three seventy, yellow slash lime or green plus three ninety, purple plus three ninety, red plus five fifty, and water slash clear plus seven fifty. I like the water clear seven fifty. I was going to go with that, too, because now they all have their own individual, like, Gatorade packets or Gatorade, yeah. like, little pods in the water bottles, so they would just have clear. I'm going to go with yellow, lime, green. I feel like that gives you a lot of Something that options. doesn't stain a, a white uniform. Yeah, the and I don't think, like, blue plus 370, but, like, purple. No, I don't think anybody's drinking purple Gatorade on the sideline. I think it's the classic Gatorade flavors that people are, if they're even drinking any Gatorade on the sidelines, I think that's what they go with. So that's why I'm going with the yellow, lime, Yellow green, and orange green. are the two standards, I think. Right? Yes. Those, those are, like, the standard bears. It's crazy how blue has just become a flavor. Nobody really knows. Well, they've what wrecked fl- purple. I mean, they've wrecked grape because so, they put it in medicine. So now yeah. the kids don't like grape. Which when is my favorite the kid. Chiefs beat the Eagles, that Gatorade was purple. Really? Yeah. Twenty twenty, okay. when the Chiefs beat the Bad Niners, scouting. Reed got the orange Gatorade bath. So twice with an Andy Reed Chiefs team, it's been different colors: orange and then purple. They're passing okay. it along. It's going to be yellow. Who knows? Will any player propose to his girlfriend on the field after <laughs> the yeah, game? I wonder who they're talking about. Yes, plus two ten. No, minus one ninety. I don't even. I'm a no. I don't. There's no way that they would do that. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going yes. It, it's too much fun to for for me not to go yes. I think that would just be a, such a culmination of this whole thing happening over the season for. It's some. What if it was somehow all recorded for like, and then it's going to be put in theaters. <laughs> Like the whole like relationship the and, the, and the, like the Eras thing was. So here's what she'll do. She'll make an Eras tour video for her international tour and then put this at the end and re-release yeah. it and they'll all go and she'll make another billion dollars. Oh, and yeah. for the game, 49ers minus two versus the Chiefs. Super Bowl 58, Sunday at 6.30. Never, I learned my lesson. Never against him. Mahomes, win it. Chiefs. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for the Detroit Lions. But they're not the Baltimore Ravens. And with what the Chiefs were able to do last week with Steve Spagnolo and that defensive performance, plus you have Patrick Mahomes giving me the Chiefs. I, I still don't understand, unless there's a ton of money coming in, what, for the 49ers, why San Francisco would be favored in this. And it's a clean sweep for the Chiefs because it just doesn't make... I bet against... I think it was the Falcons one. I bet against Tom Brady doing one of mm-hmm. these pick segments. And then I learned my lesson. No, don't go against the better quarterback. It's just Especially no. when it's stark, like that yeah. one is way better. Certainly.
Um, all right, there you go. Have a little fun with that uh, on your Tipico Sportsbook. Uh, it certainly makes Sunday uh, a little bit more enjoyable for everybody when you do. Uh, Paul Feinbaum with an interesting question I wanted to pose, pose to you guys. We will get into that. Uh, in addition to that, Oregon doing something no one has done to the Ohio State in the Big Ten in a very, very long time. We'll get to that coming up next as well. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. And gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action with the playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, the golf, so much more. Take advantage of the massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players. Give you the biggest payouts. Try the new Flex Parlay. Cash in on your bets. Even if you miss a leg or two, claim the new sign-up bonus right now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now and enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. Uh, Oregon doing something that hasn't been done around here since 2010. Um, I saw Gerd uh, with this this morning, and... It's pretty amazing stuff. Oregon has a higher-rated recruiting class than Ohio State. We talked about that in the process of the recruiting and all of that, um, that they were getting it better, and they have a slightly higher um, overall rating, according to 24-7 sports, than Ohio State, although Ohio State has the higher, barely, the higher individual rate per athlete at 92.8 versus 92.19. Elite, both of them, by the way. Um, It is the first time since 2010 that a Big Ten school out-recruited the Buckeyes. There is, however, one caveat to this. Ohio State does not get credit for Julian Sand on this list. Which I, I don't think know would why. push them above it. but <laughs> It would. Because he's would. a transfer, technically. So that would give them six five-stars in the class. That would rank, they, they would certainly pull ahead. I would think they would pull ahead at that when you talk about a, a, a super five-star quarterback, that, that that would push them ahead of, of Oregon on that from that standpoint, although Oregon does have it's 293.22 to 289.13. The bigger story here, though, is that Oregon is coming into the Big Ten in a position we all thought USC would come in. Yeah. Ready to go. Guns a blazing. Hot and shot young coach. Yeah. They have, they're it. It's not USC. It's them. They are fully formed. They've got a quarterback plan. USC does not. But we all thought USC would have the quarterback plan. Miller Moss. In. What are you talking about? He threw five, six touchdowns or whatever in the Camellia right. Bowl. Whatever they played. Well, was it the Camellia Bowl? I don't know what it was. It was one of those. It would be amazing if it was the Camellia Bowl. Um, but no, Oregon's got the quarterback. They got Gabriel. They got more behind him. They've recruited. They've hit the portal. This was a, this is an operation that basically had to be, had to beg to get into the Big Ten. And they're going to come in ready to roll in year one in, in every possible way. So very good job out of Dan Lanning and everybody at Oregon for uh, the way that operation is done. And honestly, this pleases me because I know how good this roster is. I know what they've done in the portal. And I know that this isn't counting Julian Sand in the mix. Um, but this is an, this is a, Oregon is coming in here fully formed, ready to go and a legit contender. That's fun. 
And the fact that they actually passed Ohio State on this Big Ten rankings list goes back to something I've always said, and it doesn't fully mean that like Ohio State has to like intentionally take a step back, but for teams to get on Ohio State's level, Ohio State almost has to like get worse because they need to other teams need to get some of those recruits that Ohio State was essentially hoarding during the Urban Meyer yeah. era. And so now you've got a real player there in Oregon because what have we always said about Ohio State? Well they're running their program like an SEC program up north. Dan Lanning comes from the tutelage of Kirby Smart up yep. to Oregon and he's bringing that to Eugene and now he's bringing it to the Big Ten and it's good. And to like even further buttress the point that he's running it a little bit more like those SEC programs, the way Saban ran it, the way Kirby is currently running Georgia, 27 commits to Ohio State's only 22. Now, Ohio State obviously had a lot of returning players, but they've sure. generally been in that lower 20, and the Bamas and Georgias of the world love to oversign into the upper 20s. For sure. So he was a GA with at Bama, mm-hmm. and then he was with Kirby at Georgia, so he's learned at the feet. I still think it's stunning that they didn't get him at Bama. It's pretty amazing to me that he, I mean, I'd rather, I think, I'm sure I'd rather live in Eugene than I would rather live in Tuscaloosa. Um, but, and you, you have the Phil Knight money, like you have all that stuff. You're going into the Big Ten, I get it. But man, the, how many often does the, the Bama job come open? I, I understand following a legend, all of it, I imagine it was very tricky for him, but he was pretty adamant, like right away. And everybody said, everybody reported that that's the first call they made was to him. And he's stuck, which says a lot about Oregon. Well, he's Dylan Gabriel. Like, why do you want to leave that? That's yeah, your quarterback you for the Ducks in 2024. I mean, that's that was the question, right, for Oregon. It was like, well, Dan Lanning's probably staying, but then who get who do they get to replace Bo Nix? Because, as of course we've seen, you need that. You need to have a quarterback, and they've got a guy with experience everywhere. And that's yeah. going to be big, and that's going to be good for Ohio State when they go out to Eugene, what, like the end of the first month of the season? Isn't it early October? Sure. I know we have four garbage games to start. I don't know how it. How it works out on the calendar there, yeah. but yeah, the I'm game. not sure if it's last weekend of September or first weekend of October. And the thing that stinks the most about like the Oregon game being like the the real one we're circling on the season, besides obviously the game at the end of the year, is it's almost just to make good on a game we should have had anyways, but it got canceled by the pandemic. So you've got it, it uh, is that. I mean, remember that there was the video of they were doing that anyway. Remember the the, the Brutus that the Ohio State tweeted out at Autzen? Yeah. So they were going to play this game anyway. Go ahead, Reese. Oh, you got uh, at Oregon on October 12th. Oh, so it's like week game six? Yeah, yes. Give me the murderer's row. Let's see if they can – let's see if we, the, the little Buckeyes can find a way to get through that first five-game stretch. Akron on August 31st. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Western Michigan. Joe Moorhead, elite, elite play caller. <laughs> directional Michigan on September 7th. Sure. Do they, is that which, – which directional? West. Well, look, you're going to – you still got you still got PJ's culture there. <laughs> their cult, that culture's yeah. still there. They're still rowing boats and chopping wood and all of that stuff. So, like, whatever their best is, you'll get it. All right. So, hu- two huge challenges. Give me the third one. Then you've got a much needed buy. Oh, good. Week Thank three God. Rest, college football season. Rest up after the rest up for battering ram Marshall right, so, last week uh, or listen, the second to last week. In hey, they beat Notre Dame a couple years ago. They, they and here's the sure other thing: did. you have to when you think Marshall, you think elite quarterback play. Uh, there's no question. Chad, Chad Pennington. Pennington, Byron Leftwich, Randa Moss has got to have a son somewhere. I'm sure he's on the roster. Um, for you are going to get an absolute fist fight from Marshall in the third game. Be okay. lucky to get through this stretch undefeated. Give me the next one. Saturday, September 28th, T-Bone and the Michigan State Spartans. Now Jonathan Smith will be hosting coach. Ohio State. That's the first road game for the Buckeyes. <laughs> I, but oh. brother bones t- twin is coming down yeah i think um, 
I All think right, Jonathan so that, 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 that game's job in up there, but I don't think it's going to be there by that point. But then September. you've got <laughs> Iowa on October fifth, and then you're at Oregon. So those are two. Is okay. Iowa at Iowa? Yes. No, yeah. no, no, no. That's in Ohio Stadium. Sorry. Okay, then that won't be a problem. But if it was at Iowa, then so look I out. mean, Kinnick can yeah. be weird. Remember last time they went to Kinnick? No, I do. scrubbed yeah. it. Yeah, those and then then finally you get Oregon. Then so Oregon. That's, that's the way. Then another buy after Oregon because you need that. Two buys. Two buys. In the first six weeks, oh, yeah, boy. it's because wow. of it's because Thanksgiving is later, and they have to start on Labor Day, and they have to have the last regular season game after Thanksgiving. So some years that's thirteen weeks, some years it's fourteen. Stupid. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll have a little fun with Tim May coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the Fan. The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the Fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Holton of The Daily Show, brought to you by Encova Insurance. During the season, especially at this point of the season, you know that some of your guys are still lifting weights and doing weight training. Does the schedule on some of that change later in the year, and does it differ for guys that play a lot and that don't play a lot? Yeah, it really changes for guys that play a lot. Um, it's more maintenance. Uh, it's more recovery, stretching, band mobility, those kind of things. In season, uh, guys that do not play as much, it's a regular although abbreviated workout uh, weight, weight training program. We'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood, and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs. Encova's Playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Now the officials have been talking for quite some time. All righty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review, there is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down. Well, that's not entirely unexpected. <laughs> Classic Bob. At Ohio State, we're creating what others only dream of. Our innovators are creating the new field of imageomics to track biodiversity. We're developing cardio-oncology therapies to reduce heart damage. AI-controlled trust verification to protect technologies from hackers and engineering more fuel-efficient cars. We're finding solutions the world needs now. The other thing to ask you about that goes on during the season, and we've talked about this before, Chris, knowing the challenge to continue recruiting while your own season is going on. One can only imagine how that time is divided up. Sure. It's a lot, um, both uh, in terms of calls and in terms of... um you know, just regular visits to places. Uh, it's certainly a lot, but uh, uh, it's an important part of the job and important to be able to have the kind of, um, you know, relationships and maintain those relationships with both recruits and the people around them. Okay, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. 
Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's head out on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Let's play a little game that I like to call Where in the World is Tim May Today? Uh, where do we find you, sir? I'm actually uh, walking down to get some coffee uh, in the lobby of the Horseshoe Hotel. Right next to the Paris, across the road from the Flamingo. <clears throat> Getting You're in Vegas. Started. You're in yeah, Vegas. Me and, uh, me and Jeff Snook come out here for the last couple of years uh, on Super Bowl weekend. It just Super Bowl week. It just happened to be <clears throat> here. The Super Bowl happens to be here this year. <laughs> by, by this, by the, you're off. It's an early start. So when do you get there? What part of the? I mean, give me a give me a little itinerary. Is this the Hangover Part Six? No, it could have been 20 years ago. <laughs> but uh matter of fact, um, I do have a, a hangover movie uh, screenplay I'd like to write. that has okay. nothing to do with this, but it has something to do with way back in the 1980s. Okay. On a trip to Nashville with several oh, buddies. Oh, and I've dude, heard. It could I've... be. I have this. Because you know what? This could be based on a true story. Uh, with identities changed to protect the guilty, but uh, but no, I hear man. I mean, you know, we just hang out. I played golf yesterday with a. Uh, I got several buddies that actually live out here. You know, yeah. instead of moving to Florida, they moved yeah. to Vegas, and uh, and just right on down the line, played golf at the Las uh, Las the original Las Vegas Golf Course, which is now the Las Vegas Golf Club. But uh, where Dean Martin and all those guys used to hang out it was pretty cool. That's then, very uh, cool. We ate, it. we ate it at our favorite place, Batista's Hole in the Wall, which is uh, you know an old place where Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack used to hang out after their shows, like early in the morning. And yeah. uh, Elvis would order Elvis ordered takeout from uh, this place because I think he went in it one or two times and got mobbed or whatever. But uh, you know, tonight we're we're going to see a lot of sights. We're going to we're we're I'm actually going to. Uh, for the first time in my life, say uh, I went to a live golf tournament because it's 
only about uh, <clears throat> a quarter mile from here where they're playing at the Las Vegas Country Hold Club on. behind the Westgate, which, Hold of on. course, used to be the – I'm sorry. You're telling the Live Golf is in Vegas the same weekend as the Super Bowl? Yeah. Wait a minute. What? Oh, yeah. They're playing. They they play. Uh, they started yesterday. Go through uh, Saturday. You know, they're only wow. three rounds. Well, I knew yeah, that, but cool. I that's that's yeah. pretty wild to go like to We're going try to the shot. Yeah, the shotgun starts at like one fifteen your time, uh, ten fifteen our time. But did uh, where I said there our time. Uh, I did. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. You know, like my buddy Jeff Snook, you know, I mean, that's who I'm out here with uh, mainly. Uh, you know, he's big friends with Bob Kepka, which is Brooks Kepka's, uh, yeah, Brooks Kepka's dad, and uh, who I ran into when I was at the U.S. Open two years ago at uh, the Country Club in Brookline, and we shot the bull for a while. That was that was literally the week before his son announced his move to to uh, live, when in fact he thought his major career, get it, major career was over, turned out yeah. to be false read but uh yeah it's 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 a hopping place here man uh, las vegas it always is but this week it's crazy i mean the the uh traffic of course picks up you know in you know tonight i mean half of los angeles comes to las vegas for the weekends i don't know where they're gonna go because this place is already packed but it's pretty cool yeah it's the perfect place for you to be i to, to me this <clears throat> checks every single box my friend you were at the uh the ryan day availability this week were you not yes what did you? Um, what were you most interested to hear him comment on? And what did you learn? What was the the thing? Your biggest takeaway? Most interested was how he has come to grips. Uh, that's the right term <clears throat> with what should be his role on this football team moving forward. Meaning the head coach. Maybe not, not maybe not Bear Bryant climbing up into the tower, but maybe Woody Hayes roaming around and you know checking things out. He tried to do this a year ago, and of course he knew he wasn't ready for it in terms of you know the big break from uh, play calling and being extremely involved in the offense. He's still going to be <clears throat> he's still going to be extremely involved in the offense, it's, as he pointed out, and I've been pointing out to people. Um, when you hire an offensive coordinator at like Ohio State, you hire a guy. Uh, but the main thing is, it's the Ohio State offense, not the Bill O'Brien offense or the yeah. whoever. If Bill O'Brien ends up going to Boston College, whoever he hires, he, you want that guy to come in and embellish the offense. But but he was looking for somebody who to, in essence, take over play calling duties. You you believe, and that would be Bill O'Brien. And uh, at the moment, and and so. He's come to grips with that, which is a big deal. I told you a couple of weeks ago on this show, it was interesting watching him paying close attention to Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri, mm-hmm. who went through the same epiphany uh, in the middle of this past season. And uh, Ryan played, paid rapt attention to that, but he had already he was already moving toward that in his mind. You know, after the Michigan loss, in fact, you're not going to the college football playoff. You're already scheming in your mind if you're a coach what's next in terms of staff changes, uh, personnel changes, et cetera. And uh, so as I told him, you know, and one of the questions I asked him, because I always try to get in 20 if I can at the end, but uh, (laughs) one of the questions I asked, you know, it was more of a statement of we've seen you mature, evolve, whatever the word you want to use as a head coach from becoming a first-time head coach in 2019 to where he is today. I mean, you could – there's almost a timeline you can throw up there of the changes he's gone through, et cetera. And, uh, 
I think it's an extremely positive sign of where he's at now. As for what was the second question? As for that's fine. I want to follow up on that one. Um, so all, all of that checks out. I think you and I can probably. I don't. I, I don't want to put you in the spot, but it feels to me like if Bill O'Brien's off, offered, it's my belief if Bill O'Brien's offered Boston College, he'll take it. And I understand that. I understand the home feeling it would have for him and all of those things. So let's pretend that that is the case. Do you think that the next hire would be would almost have to be one similar to Bill? In other words, someone who has been a head coach, been an NFL. I mean, that it's that's it's somebody with that type of resume. And I'm thinking of Chip Kelly, obviously, that would take a little bit of cash. But is that kind of the way you think this will go if Bill goes to Boston College? Yeah, I mean, Ryan's almost said that. I mean, the fact that uh, he has a contingency plan or has guys, for want of another term, on the stringer, you know, that uh, he was considering before hiring Bill O'Brien. You know, I think the uh, Chip Kelly situation is interesting i'm not if in fact it came to that and i'm not trying to scoop anybody here and say it's going that's going to be the case but you got the indication that uh there have been conversations between the two uh, about you know his former mentor well his continuing mentor for that matter uh uh, former offensive coordinator at new hampshire etc so uh uh i'm yeah no sometimes guys get get fed up or tired of where they are you know jeff halfley and I and I brought this up, I think, on your show last week. This idea that this would be a slam dunk of Bill O'Brien going to Boston College, that may be the case. But, boy, you really got to study it because the head coach there just left to become a coordinator in the NFL because and out the door he cited the fact, Jeff Happley, that, you know, college football head coaching has become such a chore. But then on top of that, what he didn't cite was Boston College doesn't – isn't even close in the NIL realm of matching, you know, and UCLA is the same phenomenon going on at UCLA compared to their crosstown brother and now big 10 brother uh, USC. And, you know, if you can't, if you can't match up, it's going to be very difficult in the future to get to where you want to go as a college head football coach, which is college football playoffs, uh, conference championships and playing for the national championship. So yep. there are a lot of factors involved now, Bo, that weren't in, that weren't in play three years ago. Yeah, there's no there's no question. Very very different sport. All right, do me a favor. I know the Nashville yep. story. You've told it to me. It's a spectacular yep. story. Stay yep. out of that trouble oh. this weekend. You steer oh, clear. I am man. I'm uh, I'm a totally different person than that person. <laughs> uh, then, then, then I, plus I wasn't, I was single then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right right down right. the line, I checked every box then of being that person yep. then, but now but there are other people I'm trying to protect. Go ahead now. That's right. So take care of yourself out there. Uh, keep your head on a yeah, swivel. You can tell I'm hoarse because with Jeff Snook, you have to repeat everything three times because he's kind of, he's kind of deaf and uh, stuff. And it's just, it's a, it's a tough life to live, but somebody's got to do it. Dude, I want to tell you something. I had one of the yep. greatest holes of golf I've ever had. On a yep. par five yesterday, four and ninety-eight yards. Yep, I hit a great drive, and then I hit a five wood up to five feet, and then of course I pushed the putt right by two inches. <laughs> you had an eagle putt. I mean, then you pushed uh, it right. Oh, it was an eagle putt. It was. A, it should have been an eagle almost tap in. It was crazy, but of course I missed the putt. God, <clears throat> and so is and such is golf. Have fun out there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you oh, again well, soon. We will, brother. Yeah, it's been, I know. Hey, Friday has only just begun out here. 
That's right. <laughs> God, that's amazing. All right, Tim May and Letterman Road joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Thing or not a thing up next. Bishopman Friends right here on the fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Well, we just uh, alluded to this uh, five minutes ago with Tim. Uh, it looks like it's going to happen. Bill O'Brien going to take the head coaching job at Boston College. A bunch of people reporting it. Um, and it looks like that's going to happen. And so coming up at 11 o'clock, we'll get into where Ohio State can go from here and how quickly they can mobilize my hunches. That has already long begun. Uh, time for a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, guys. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one up on this football Friday, New York Jets owner Woody Johnson slammed backup quarterback Zach Wilson and turned up the heat on coach Robert Sala and general manager Joe Douglas in an interview Thursday night at the NFL Honors Awards show in Las Vegas. Uh, the one that stood out, quote, the discussions I've had in the last couple of months, they've seen me about as mad as I can be with what was going on with the offense particularly. We have all this talent, and we have to deploy talent properly. So I think they all got the message, this is it. This is the time to go. We've got to produce this year. He added, we have to do a lot better than seven wins, definitely. Thing or not a thing? It's like the, um, in the end, these guys are all just like spoiled brats. Like, that's the most spoiled brat sentences that you can read. It sounds like a little kid. They saw me about as mad as yeah, I've ever as been. I'm ever going to be. They better fix it right now or I'm going to fire them all. And it's like, good Lord, dude. Let's remember, <laughs> you are the one who greenlit the drafting of Zach Wilson. I cannot imagine who prevented the Jets once Rodgers got hurt from not going and signing Joe Flacco. If they sign Joe Flacco, they make the playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind. So did he stop that from happening? Did he have too much of a belief in Zach Wilson? Um, I mean, it's a thing, obviously, when an owner talks this frankly, but I just find it off-putting. Yeah, it, it's a thing, and he is just uh, the epitome of like spoiled, meddlesome owner. Because I, I can't imagine as a football guy you've watched Zach Wilson, and, and there's been enough, enough there's film on him, and you go, yep, we can make something with this guy. Like The idea that they thought that that was going to be a suitable backup for Aaron Rodgers uh, it's football malpractice at its worst so he's right in saying yeah if these guys don't turn it around they're all fired but then you kind of might you can't fire the owner no so I get it even when he kind of is a weenie as if Robert Sala doesn't know that they need to be better right year. I, I like he had to come in there and be angry known based <laughs> off of how just how bad it went but yeah the Zach Wilson thing is like who who thought that would work? It's just crazy. Like, there were viable options, and they ignored them everywhere. All, the whole year. Almost everywhere. All year, yeah. There were options. Speaking on 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston earlier this week, former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov shared his thoughts on why Bill Belichick didn't quite land in Atlanta. I think in the very end, you, you have two guys who got along really well. Bing, Bill, and Arthur. Meeting on the yacht first, right? 
Beautiful yacht, by the way. I was there one time before I got fired. Where was well, the yacht? Well, I think it was down in the BVI. Some I, I don't really know, but they were they were hanging out, had some had some great discussions. But in the end, there was a there's an inner group in there, right? Look, anytime Bill goes into a, an organization, you would assume whatever your thoughts are about him, he deserves the right to run it. Meaning, if there's a GM there, Terry Fontenot, you know, Terry was going to stay, but he was going to work with him. But maybe, maybe there was a group inside the building there who said, who kept pushing back to, to Arthur saying, look, we, we, you know, look, let's call it the way it is. Any organization wants to keep their world, right? Presidents want to keep their world. You saw the discussion about Rich McKay, right? Rich right. is very talented. He knows a lot. The fact that he and Bill would have to work together or not work together was something that wasn't, wasn't probably going to happen. And Arthur had made it pretty, uh, a bold statement saying that was not an issue, and and Bill had said that he was going to work ostensibly with Terry Fontenot, so that wasn't going to be an issue. But I think everyone looks at it like, yeah, but when you get someone like this in there, it's going to be it's going to be overhauled. Thing or not a thing? Accurate thing. I think he laid it out perfectly. That there were there you have to. There's so many pieces to an NFL operation that you don't consider, but Arthur Blank hired all of them. So he would have to go in front of people that he hired and say, now you're all out of work. And what does that also do if you have to do that? You have to admit you're wrong on a bunch of hires. So Belichick is somebody, other than the Dallas situation, that's the only place where you wouldn't have to worry about that, where if he comes in, you're blowing it up and you're hiring the people he wants. And they didn't want to do it, and that's how it happened. It was reported that way, and here's um, Thomas Dimitrov talking about that. So, I, yeah, thing, absolutely accurate thing. It sounds like Arthur Blank did want to hire Belichick, but went and talked to his higher ups in the organization. And it, you know, the reporting had always been that they were, they kind of liked what was going on. And yeah. the worst one, even if like like you said, like yeah, firing them. But isn't it even worse to be told that we're keeping you on, but you're actually reporting to Bill in a technical sense, and he's got final say? So you're yeah. a GM. But Bill's got final say over the roster and all this stuff. That almost feels worse than being told that like now you're an empty suit, just sitting up there. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. guess the executives won the battle. They they, did. they went a different direction and got Raheem Morris down there in Atlanta. A vast majority of players in the union want to play on natural grass fields. NFLPA Executive Director Lloyd Howell said Tuesday, adding that there is certain hypocrisy with some NFL stadiums agreeing to adhere to FIFA regulations by installing grass for upcoming soccer matches in the 2026 World Cup, but reverting to artificial turf for football games. A quote from Howell, it's really basic. It's not rocket science. 92% of our union wants grass. That's compelling. The bottom line is it's unquestionable that our union wants to have a working condition where they play on grass. Howell also said data collected by the union shows showed injuries occur on a slower rate on natural grass fields as opposed to artificial turf. Thing or not a thing? Here's the deal. Um, there was a time where the NFLPA, like, they always have these lists of things that matter most to them and then they try to get them when they're negotiating over the money. So, for example, like the, the, the they really pulled back on like the marijuana testing the last time they did a CBA. They way pulled back on that, and and that's something that that mattered a lot to the players, right? So this is the other form of grass, and I'm guessing it'll be used in the next CBA. But the owners are not going to do this on their own until they are forced, because guess what? They like money, and many of them already have artificial turf. They don't want to install what it takes to grow grass and to have it at this point. There's obviously the technology. We've all seen that Real Madrid, uh, the, the Bernabeu, where they, they can build it inside a dome and it works and thrives. So there's plenty of ability to do it if you want to. Uh, they're just choosing not to because they don't want to take on the expense, even though they make three, $400 million off the top from TV every year. 
Yeah, it's uh, at this point, it's not a thing because it, it just not feels yet. like as much screaming as they want to do. Like the NFL is like, no, we're going to do whatever we want. Is and th- that concession is going to have to be done at the next CBA. Which, what's the NFL Players Association going to have to give to get? Are the owners going to do this? We're like, you know what? You're right. The injury risk is lower on grass. So we will do all grass and play an 18th game. And then players will get injured. There less. it is, right? right. That's the That'll science be it. behind it's it. something just like that. It'll be a give and take, just like that. Uh, just real quick. Friend of the program, John U. Bacon, did a super scientific poll on Twitter yesterday. Okay. Should the University of Michigan extend Athletic Director Ward Manuel's contract? So it was reported a five-year deal is what the university was thinking of doing. And this was even before he was named new CFP chair. Yeah. Through eight, uh, through about 10 hours of this, 13,000 votes have been cast to John U. Bacon's Twitter poll. No is getting 92% of respondents, primarily Michigan fans, in that poll. Thing or not a thing? Well, dead man walking for Ward Manuel one way or another, whether now or shortly. I, you, you can't, I mean, like you can't go against the, the house like that. I don't know how he became the CF. I mean, he was already on it, right, so yeah. they, they <laughs> kind of just got like promoted on it. But it's yeah. he is nearing as an athletic director, like lack of institutional control, not just with what's going on with the football program, but his basketball coach is a liability every time he's out on the floor. It seems like correct. There's yeah. I don't the understand most important things. Yeah, why is this guy getting so much respect in the athletic department world? Because his football team won a championship. Must That's a football a coach. <laughs> Must be a hell of a guy. Um, speaking of football coaches, uh, we're going to have a new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. That didn't last long. We'll give you the details on that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy, the Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. John Breach on the Super Bowl coming up at 11.33 between now and then. What we learned this week. We're not trying to do too much around here, but over the course of five days, you might have gleaned some stuff. Bishop and Friends present what we've learned this week. I think the number one thing we learned is that for the first time, and it seems like forever, actual news can break during this show. Normally, this would prop at 12.20. We did it! We finally got a win. Hang the banner, um, baby. And not only yeah. not only during our show, but on a Friday, because like we've gotten like three weeks in a row that something's happened on Friday, and then we yeah. don't come back until Monday. Hits at like twelve twenty, and and then you're you're cooked at that point for the weekend, which is fine. You, you frame it how you want to on Monday. Um, but it happened today, and it's happening that that Bill O'Brien is indeed taking the Boston College job. I think it made it pretty clear all week long that there was an entire belief uh, from. That, that I had, that many people in the program had, and an understanding that if offered, he would take that job. Um, it is a pseudo home for him. Um, there is, uh, he has, you know, it's things in his per- personal life with his son um, who, who needs care, and there's a fit that there works as well, and it's a head coaching job, and that's going to be a bigger salary and all the other things, although Bill's made a great deal of money. He would have had no way when he took this job of knowing that this specific job would come open and that there would be 
a mutual interest. I mean, you just would have no idea that that was going to happen. No one could have foreseen Halfley leaving Boston College to go be a defensive coordinator at Green Bay. So Bill goes to Boston College. He was here for, what, two weeks? That's what it amounts to. And Ohio State will now go in another direction. It is my belief that they will do everything in their power, and I believe that they will get it done if, if you can find an agreement. I think it's going to be Chip Kelly. I think Chip Kelly's going to come in here. I think he's going to be the next offensive coordinator. Um, he was Ryan Day's mentor. He was um, not only in the, from the fact that he was his offensive coordinator at um, not only was he his offensive coordinator as a as a player at New Hampshire, but also in the pros and in everything else. So remember, Chip Kelly found out UCLA was going to the Big Ten at Ryan Day's golf outing in New Hampshire. Like this is an every box check situation. He's made it abundantly clear he doesn't want to be the head coach in the power in at UCLA anymore. Um, so there's going to be a buyout, uh, if it's a million and a half, and then a salary of around a million and a half, too, something like that. Um, I'm guessing Ohio State's can scratch some pennies together and, and get this thing done. And I think it's that. I, this I'm also very adamant about. I do think it has to be that type of hire. It has to be not necessarily chip, but it's got to be somebody who's got head coach experience, offensive guru experience, like high-end stuff. Like you're not giving that job to just anybody. And this is where college football is in the moment, where someone who's a coach, a head coach in your conference, prefers to be an assistant at your school than being a head head coach at their own. So to me, I I would imagine that Chip Kelly, the phone call has been made, and it's just a question of does Chip want to move to, to Columbus? Yeah, I mean, really? I don't think money's going to stop it. We were talking about it yesterday or the day before. It would have been yesterday because we were playing the day sound, and he was you know laying out the, the resume of somebody like Bill O'Brien and basically except for recent SEC uh you know a stint there down in Alabama for Bill O'Brien the resumes are very very similar in what you have there so it is a it's a, kind of the same idea bringing in Chip Kelly if they are able to pull that off as far as Bill O'Brien goes I wanted to reiterate something because I said earlier in the week the idea that you know there were rumors that started circulating about this over the weekend and there were some people message board type people were thrown out there that like hey he's already packing up his office he's going to get the job on Monday and w- one, they were wrong, but that doesn't mean that like they b- become right because the ultimate thing becomes right. Because once I like read the facts and everything, I was like, okay, that does make sense. But it wasn't something that was just going to like snap of a finger happen on Monday. And then we got the report on Monday. I think that was Thamel too about, hey, Boston College is probably going to take until the weekend. So they get to Friday and it looks like they're making that decision. The gravy train can't last forever. Eventually, Ohio State had to hit a little bit of a speed bump in what has been a tremendous offseason for them. But if that is just a speed bump and you can hire Chip Kelly, I think you're back to going 90 down the highway again. It's also nice that there was at least a couple weeks of work that Bill O'Brien was able to do. I mean, it's still invaluable experience. And, you know, those are invaluable reps or invaluable practice sessions that can be done with players while Ryan Day can continue to be head coach, continue to kind of be that CEO role. And it's just, I never thought with everything that has happened oh, since the Cotton Bowl, Boston College would be the job that we're like really paying attention to. <laughs> it got us twice. Like, right? What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Um, look, I, I think that the big takeaway here is there was, they've known for, a, you know, as soon as the job came open, Bill was named as a favorite. Mm-hmm. So they've known for a while that this was a possibility. It's my belief they have a contingency plan. It's my belief that money won't be the issue. Um, now, to be fair, there is only so much money to go around. And they've spent extraordinarily on this roster. And they've spent 
now, now in this instance, they would be spending uh, you know extraordinarily again in order to get Chip Kelly. So it's my belief the buyout on Kelly is one and a half. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, and then you're talking about another probably million and a half or two in order to make it work. Um, so that's I think that's all very very doable. And I think it also speaks to what is. Not that it needs to be even said out loud again, but the amount that is put into next season is extraordinary. Truly. Um, this is a win it all or don't come home situation. I mean, it's, I don't know that we've ever had anything quite like this. Whereas there's been not only the normal pressure, which comes as being at Ohio State, but also the financial pressure that is now being going to be put on because of what's had to be done to get put this roster and eventually this coaching staff together. That brings me back to the email we had yesterday from uh, one of our listeners and talking about, well, why can't a team be great at football and great at basketball? Why can't a program do it? And it's like, well, there's only so much money and college sports are becoming very expensive. You have to spend to be at the top. There is no other way. It's important who you spend it on, and that includes players and coaches. But you do have to spend to be at the top, and no university short of a&M, who seems to have endless money, actually. No university has endless money. And so you you have to allocate it a certain way, and you can either manage that out and be good at both or probably great at one, and one drops off. That's just kind of the, the factors that you're dealing with in college sports right now. Do you think they'll need like to raise collective funds to buy Chip Kelly out at UCLA? Well, the, the collective... Could the, who the has collective to pay the buyout? That. No, that would be the university. Oh, the university so have that to? would be from... Does the yeah. university have to? Can can an outside source pay a buyout? I'm saying the buyout. Yeah, would they? Does UCLA care where the money like, comes from as long as it's the, the money? Check, well, I right? think a booster can. I mean, geez, it's, this is all. It's all shades of gray. <laughs> I, I mean, a booster can donate to pay out a buyout for but sure. But he probably has to donate it to the university. To the university, yeah, because it would be Ohio State would have to pay the buyout. Just somebody, put it in a McDonald's bag. Somebody just delivers a duffel bag of money to UCLA's campus yeah. and says, yeah. "There you go." Yeah, that's the way that that thing's going to operate. Um, if it is Chip, I mean, I like the Bill O'Brien hire. If it is Chip, that's and now I'm now we're talking. <laughs> like he's now you're really you want to talk about playing with with tempo and not and everything everything from the run game out of it to the speed. Um, everything that, just some focusing of the, on offense, not a yeah. head coach, not running everything. Yeah, you didn't have to recruit. They got guys to do that. So just just call ball plays and put yourself in position and uh, you know come work for. A, a guy you coached. I mean, it, to me, like it's it's an even better circumstance if they can pull it off. Except for maybe a jump back to like NFL offensive coordinator because he's been interviewing in there. He probably has a better chance of sticking around for a couple extra years more than Bill O'Brien because I think Bill O'Brien always had his eyes set on becoming a head coach again. And yeah. Chip Kelly, I don't think the NFL is interested in him being a head coach right now. And no. he clearly isn't interested in being a head coach in college football. All right. Say the Chip Kelly thing doesn't happen, can't happen. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's available. Who has a better football mind? Plays? I don't know. Can he call ball plays? Maybe. Uh, I guess he trusted Matt Patricia to do that for a while, so I guess that's on. He trusted Matt Patricia to do it defensively and offensively at different times. Yeah. It's true. All right, yeah. so maybe not him because his decision-making's not great. But to have it go from Bill O'Brien to Chip Kelly, it just it continue. It, it's the uh, continuity of letting yeah. Ryan Day be the CEO. And that's, that's, that's really important. Yeah, that's that's the thing and that's why I think it's got to be somebody of that ilk. I don't think you can bring in, you know, some former NFL coordinator who's never been a head coach or cuz I think what Ryan Dean Ryan needs is I think he needs, you know, another like 
if there's a, the best way I can say it is just another adult in the room. I don't mean that as a slight to anybody, but like he needs somebody else that who has been in that role who he can lean on. I mean, you can and just say he didn't have that. Like, like you, he needed, he, you need another head coach. Yeah, he need needs two. another head coach in the room. That's what he that's wants. That's really what it is. He needs another head coach in the room because that's someone who he would trust with his offense, some, someone who you trust with his play calling. That's someone that he would trust to be in the most important room on his football team and have heavy say over it. He needs somebody that he can trust completely. And in order for that to happen, it's got to be somebody who's been, I think in his mind, it's got to be somebody who's done the job before. And Bill did that and Chip did it. I am. I'm a little surprised, not su- not surprised because we know all the personal things with, with uh, Bill O'Brien in Boston and all of that, um, but I really thought he could have got a better job than that one. Yeah, if he does like, have interest from a, college programs, and why not? Like, couldn't Bill, wouldn't Bill O'Brien be the most popular hire at Penn State? <laughs> well, they have I a mean, coach. they love him there. Talking about buyouts. <laughs> right, right. But, like, I feel, to me, it feels like he could be, he could have gotten a job at a legit like power five head coach like that always what it seemed like to me like come coordinate the offenses here for a couple of years and then go be a head coach again at the at the college level at a, at a high college level what um, was open this year from the high college level i guess technically you know because like he wasn't going to get the bama job i don't think but no. like washington then became open technically arizona yeah. was open because of washington no i yeah it, it's got i do think it has to be a certain part of the country where it would have to go, like, well, hell, I mean, Texas A and M was open. Yeah, he was in Houston. Michigan was going to open. Yeah, we knew that in August. Yes, we did. We did. They had a, they had a, a, a plan though, didn't they? With uh, Sharon Moore getting that gig. Um, so that's look. That's the biggest thing is now how quickly can they mobilize? I would think it would be very quickly. Now, you know, you've already interviewed everybody. You've already done this, so there would really be no reason to. There'd be no reason to delay it. Like if you have somebody ready, I think these conversations all took place. Like just mobilize and go. I would hope that Ryan Day sticks with what he said earlier this week. That like, hey, we're going to finalize our coaching staff probably sometime next week. And I think that now includes whoever's the new offensive coordinator. I would hope at the very least that it includes that. And then you figure out who the tenth assistant is as well. And then Correct. boom, you've got the Ohio State staff. You've got the roster. We're on to spring ball. Because spring ball, yeah. yeah, you got to hire the spring ball. They have to be ready for spring ball, and that's going to be in. Three, four three weeks. weeks. Yeah, three weeks. It's it's spring ball, and and away you go. So that is that is obviously the the biggest news of the week. It was stuff that we thought was going to very potentially it would happen. Um, the reporting earlier that in this week where he was a finalist was that it would they wanted to have it done by this weekend, and sure enough, Boston College does. Many many reporting very, the most reputable that that uh, Bill O'Brien will be the next head coach. Um, at Boston College, it kind of laid out the plan in terms of what we think Ohio State will do from here. And my hunch is that, that if Chip wants to do it, that's the guy. And I do not believe money will be a problem in in getting him here, either from a buyout or from a contract standpoint. That if if it's something he wants to do, he'll be your offensive coordinator in in very very short order. Uh, the Super Bowl is set, of course, for Sunday. We will get into some of the participants on that, some of the thoughts on the game, what's at stake for both teams. That's coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. To 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. And Bishop and Friends, of course, sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Fast, sustainable weight loss without medications. A solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Uh, Chops, you had a probing question. Yes, in honor of the Super Bowl, which there will be many snacks out, and the possible next offensive coordinator at Ohio State, Chip Kelly, what is your favorite chip? All right, so I have the, the easy answer for me is nacho cheese Doritos. It's good. I think they're undefeated. When Taco Bell made them shells, it defied any of my expectations of what food could be. The fact that it became a delivery mechanism for a taco, impossible. Um, and you can put that shell in anything that has the hard shell in it. I did a cheesy gordita crunch with the Dorito shell before. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. So any of their other varieties of tacos or things that have hard shells, you can do it. I don't think they have the like flat tostada one because that would be something. Could you get a Mexican pizza with a flat shell of Doritos Locos? Get that. Get the MIT kids on that. Yeah. Get them on that. I, yeah, I think that the nacho cheese Dorito is undefeated. It's never, I, that we've, I've never, there's no way I could have it in the house because if it was there, I would eat it. So, <laughs> Portion sizes no don't mean anything when you open a bag of no, Doritos. You, there is, you'd crush the whole thing. So that's mine. What's your guys? I think I'm going to, Doritos in general are really good. And I, I think like of the varieties, that's probably where I'd go. But a specific variety that I love, I think it's great for road trips, but you do get the, the finger the dust. Yeah. Um, but the Cheetos, the, specifically the jalapeno cheddar one. So they got a little bit of a kick, but they're not as spicy as the Flamin' Hot, which I do like, but you can only eat so many before it's just a little too much spice. The jalapeno cheddar has the spice, but you can just keep going. The uh, baked Lay's barbecue. They're very good. So good. It Bank doesn't feel like it ever, uh, they ever provide you enough in any of no. the bags. So like you get a, a smaller bag. It's like, this isn't, this isn't $2. And then the regular size bags at the grocery store are like six. Yeah. But that's my favorite chip. And then that's for, a very good chip. That is a very good chip for dip. I mean, it's ruffles and then a tortilla chip, right? And those are the so two best the question. I have two dip worlds, right? So it's like, you can do the taco dip world. So that's like the five layer dips or there was one that God, that one that I had at Costco, which was like a chicken fajita dip, which is basically like Buffalo chicken dip, except Mexican, the old big 10 so, network commercial of the Rotel and Velveeta. That's a- oh, that thing's unbelievable too. the Rotel Velveeta is unbelievable. That is spectacular. So for that, you know, I think you can make almost any corn chip work, but that's the crazy thing about a Doritos. Like you can do Doritos with that and it's delicious. On all of those. Yeah, fronts. now you're combining flavors. Now you're, now you're adding all of it. That's a victory on all fronts. Um, but I think the question is, do you do that or do you, if you do like the, the onion dip, then what I prefer that is the dark russet, um, the dark russet ones is the potato chips. I is like. that a you kettle cook situation? Yeah, yeah. Cause those are also good because they're sturdier and make yeah, dipping easier cook, usually. The kettle cook dark russet is the perfect onion dip chip is that's the way that, that I would go with that. Man. Which of those two dips do you prefer, the the Mexican dip or the French or the onion dip world? I would say that's tough because I love Mexican food so much. But as far as like actually like getting a hankering for like I'm going to go and just get some dip at the grocery store, I think I go French onion more often. Salsa is a dip. Does that count? Yeah, I think it's in the yeah. Mexican world. All right, there's a, a habanero or a, it's a mango habanero salsa. It's pretty good. Yeah. The, that, the spice and the heat. Well. Mm-hmm. Or the spice and sweet the uh, and the sweet, yeah. 
there's a pineapple um a pineapple habanero that's that's very good as well. As millennials, we have to say guacamole. Yeah. <laughs> Guacamole's crush it. good. I think guacamole's better as an additive to things than it is as, as its own dip. I think I'd rather have yeah, sliced avocados better on stuff than guacamole is to dip chips in. Don't have a problem with that. Um, remember Tebow eating the guac with just a spoon? Because <laughs> why do you need that? Because the chips aren't good for you, so I'll just eat it with a spoon. It's healthy. It's psychotic behavior. Never trust it's, a person who does that. It's, it's Tebow. Uh, Beamsy, last time we went on a road trip, like he was like, no, I'm getting flaming Hot Cheetos. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, first of all, I don't even know Cheetos could be considered chips because they're, they're, they in the, like they're in the aisle with them. They're in the world, but it doesn't at all feel like a chip. It feels like they're like, should be with like the Czech snack mix and all pretzels that. Pretzels maybe yeah. too. Yeah. They don't feel That's like fair. chips at all. But um, he thought like he could take down a flaming hot and it was just a little bag. And he got about two minutes into it and then realized that the only thing he had to drink was water and then came to the hard realization that water doesn't do anything for heat. No, it's uh, it's made all, for a long road trip for him. You just have to let it go down. I learned that watching an episode of Hot Ones once. The host guy explained that like spice has a half life, and so like the wor- it'll feel the worst like at any current moment, and it will always get better. But you just have to wait that half life out. It does feel like the milk and the ice cream is gives you the best chance for success when you add the base in to counter the acidity. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of your best chance at it. The the hottest thing I've ever eaten in my life, and I nearly died, was at the combine. I'm not even kidding you. I did think I was going to die. They we at so at the combine at St. Elmo's they do like combine cocktail sauce, but then they they also have like their own, which is way too hot, and they don't want people to be uncomfortable. So we're like, well, we're we can take the heat. Give us the your own version. The one that you normally serve, not the combine less spicy one. And I took a big, a big shrimp, big dip, popped it in, and it must have been the this the horseradish was not cut up small enough. Oh. And what I it felt like a depth charge in my brain. I could not breathe. There was pressure like behind my brain that was about passed out. And it took me about ten minutes to kind of like regain any sort of cognitive thought or behavior jayla has a great story from when she was in elementary school and they went on some sort of field trip and they stopped at this like local like chinese kind of buffet type place for like the lunch for the kids before they went back to school and they found the wasabi and so a bunch of kids dared each other Mm. to like take a spoonful of wasabi and they did it and she was like i'm not doing that she doesn't like spicy and like half the kids threw up on like the bus ride home correct yes of course they would can't take a spoonful of wasabi all right. Somehow this week we've gotten through without hearing from any of the participants of the Super Bowl. So let's let's play a little of that for you. Let's start from the 49ers side. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, kind of the only thing he's missing is that Super Bowl victory. And he was asked this week, how important would it be for him to win it? Remember, I always seen my dad as a coordinator and stuff after those three Super Bowls when he was in Denver and I was younger and how hard it was on him. So I think anytime you get that close and you lose it, the last one, that's definitely the hardest. I've been able to coach in two Super Bowls and you lose either one of them. Both of them are heartbreaking. So in terms of pain, I've, I've broken my arm, my collarbone, a lot of things. So those are more painful, but those things last a while. But it's all about getting back there again. And that's what I'm excited for today. That was him talking specifically about yeah. losing it and how that felt. It all, yeah, it all it all applies. Um, and I do think there is. Look, it's a Super Bowl. That's it's everyone's got pressure. Like they need it more though. You know, for the for the Chiefs, I mean, they're kind of established. They've already won two. Uh, the only one on the Chiefs that I think has like a legacy play in this is Mahomes. Um, it changes the conversation around him even to an even more flattering way. 
and also allows for some dynastic conversation around the Chiefs. Here is Patrick Mahomes on asked. He was asked if the Chiefs are already a dynasty. I think the, the biggest thing about the dynasty is consistency, uh, trying to be consistently great every single year, not being, um, not getting too big-headed or, or satisfied with where they're at. Um, but you have to continue to do it year in and year out. And I don't think you can you you can really say that you're a dynasty until it's over, and people will look at, back at your career and how you did it. And so for me, it's just trying to be great every single year. And uh, when I look back at my career, I'll, I'll know that I gave everything I had. Yeah, if Shanahan loses, it becomes a label that like he can't There's get it no done doubt. in the Super Bowl. If Mahomes and the Chiefs lose, no, everybody's going to pick him to win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll run it back and they'll make roster alterations. But in terms of they're going to get a million at bats at this thing, um, and the Niners are going to get a bunch of at bats too, as long as they're not having to pay Purdy because then they can supplement the rest of that roster the way that they they have. Uh, we'll get into the storylines for the Super Bowl with our buddy John Breach coming up next. Bishman friends, right here on the Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. To us lay people, the February National Letter of Intent Signing Day has a lot less sizzle than what occurs during the early period in December. But Ohio State finished the week off getting their last piece of business taken care of. It was defensive lineman Dominic Kirks from Cleveland who committed. And head coach Ryan Day thrilled about getting the young man to become a Buckeye. And I think when Dom came down, you you quickly see that this is what he wanted. He wanted to be a Buckeye. He's from the state of Ohio. He understands the rivalry. There's a lot that that was positive there. He knows he's going to have to come in and work and compete. You know, just like all these guys, we say, hey, if if you want to come in and start day one, this is not the right place for you. Now, you can start day one. We have guys who have done it, but it's it's not going to be guaranteed. You're going to have to earn everything that that you get here at Ohio State. And um, and he was willing to do that. He wants to come in and compete. Originally, Kirks had committed to the University of Washington. This report is brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. This is Paul Keels, and you're listening to the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safelight Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at Safelight.com. Safelight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mock Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mock Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. 
For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations, in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, kids, let's head to Vegas, get some perspective on the Super Bowl. Our good buddy John Breach, NFL at CBS Sports, joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Let's start with location. You've, you've been there all week, as we understand it, right, John? Uh, yes, and I would suggest anyone never spend six straight days in Las Vegas. <laughs> buddy, I, you could ask me. It's two nights and you got to get out. Otherwise, oh, there's no... The weekend, that's it. You get a weekend and then go home. Then you got to get the hell out of there, man, See, while you still have your life. <laughs> I can't believe you did, you did need a medal for that. Um, so the NFL, obviously, for the majority of its of its existence, stayed away from Las Vegas and betting and all of it. This is their biggest foray, obviously, other than the fact that a team is there now. But now to bring their biggest show to Las Vegas, you've been there all week. How's it going? Well, I mean, they are fully embracing it. The Super Bowl is everywhere. There's giant Lombardi trophies on the Strip. Uh, Caesars Palace has a giant Super Bowl mural on the side. You see players, former players, just kind of wandering around the casino. So, I mean, this is... It seems like everybody is loving this location, and then you have the two teams that are 25 miles off the strip, and I think that's the only thing that Roger Goodell doesn't want to see is somebody with the Chiefs the 49ers getting in trouble, and when you put them that far away, they probably don't even feel like Vegas, uh, but everybody else, it's full Vegas this week. Yeah, it's Sin City for a reason, and I suppose that the next 72 hours is – Okay, let's just get me to Sunday, right? I mean, that's got to be the feeling. It's just get me to that, that kick without any incident, and then this has been a success. Yeah, absolutely. And you see these teams are trying to do their best to stay in their same routine, uh, despite being in a city where no one ever sleeps. I know yesterday morning you had the 49ers uh, fire alarm going off at their hotel around 6 a.m. They were pretty upset with that because, look, you want to come here, you're trying to get some sleep, rest up, practice, and that throws you off your routine. But as far as the Chiefs and 49ers go, they probably feel like they're on a lake vacation where they go to practice a couple days because they are really so far removed from everything that's happening on the strip. That's wild. It's appropriate. You had to do it that way, so I totally get it. John, NFL honors last night. Before we get into the game, any surprises for you in terms of who the winners were? Did they get it right? Yeah, I do feel like they did. I, I, I Like Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryan's tying, and then uh, – but I thought either one of those guys could have got it. I was surprised. It's kind of with the scoring system. I'm fine with Joe Flacco winning the award over DeMar Hamlin, but I do. DeMar Hamlin got eight more first place votes. And I think they need to have a scoring system where if you get that many more first place votes, you should probably get the award. So 
it's a little weird, the scoring system they're used, but I, I, there weren't really any shockers. No, I thought the DeMar Hamlin one, like if a guy who, who lost his heartbeat plays football, there is no such, there's no way that anyone could have had a better comeback than that. Like he was gone, came back and played. It's like the fact that he was even up for the award was wild. Like it almost, they could change the name of the award to the DeMar Hamlin award at this point would, would probably make a little bit of sense. The fact that he played football, um, in terms of the actual game, um, this one is that you definitely feel like in, in just the NFL fan. Look, there's some fatigue here, right? And we ran into this with the Patriots too in their run where we're, it seems like NFL fans are just getting a little tired of, of the Chiefs and Mahomes. And the, the bad news for them is get used to it. Cause as long as he's there, it's going to be there for a while. And I've noticed Mahomes in this run kind of trying to embrace the role of villain. To me, it falls a little flat. I think he's kind of like Steph Curry, like, He's a marvel to watch, and and even for people who don't like him, you have to acknowledge his greatness. What sense have you gotten out of them in terms of how where their head is coming into Sunday? Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, it's all business for them. They've been here. This is the fourth time in five years. They know what it's like. It doesn't matter if it's in Vegas or Miami. It, it, it's They they have the routine. They know what they're doing. And the villain thing is really interesting. Cause I actually thought that Mahomes got asked about that earlier this week, and I thought the question – caught him a little off guard in the sense of what I'm not a villain. I'm Patrick right. Mahomes, but it is, it, you know, everybody loved Tom Brady and the Patriots, the first two Super Bowls back in the early 2000s. And then it just kind of starts to wear on you. And that's where we are with the chiefs fatigue, where people are just kind of getting tired of seeing the t- same team in the Super Bowl. But Look, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He is fun to watch. He is one of those guys that I don't think ever gets boring to watch. You always wonder what he's going to do when he's on the field. And Andy Reid's one of the brightest offensive minds ever to coach in the NFL. So that combination, I think, just keeps the Chiefs from being boring. So I, I think we'll see a lot of people tuning in just to see how the Chiefs do. And I, I don't think people get bored of the Chiefs. They might get mad at them, but I don't think mm-hmm. people get bored of watching them. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, on the other side, and I, I kind of, I don't know where how you stand on this. I don't think the Chiefs really have any pressure. They've already won two. Like anytime you're in it, you have pressure, but they're going to be, a, they're going to have a bunch of at bats on this thing. Conversely, I do think that there is a significant amount on the Niners. They're, the, they're a slight favorite in the game. Um, this is Kyle's third bite at the apple on this thing as a coach. They have a roster that I think most people would say is the best overall roster. Um, what sense do you get in terms of, of where their head is coming into to Sunday? Well, I would say all the talk here this week is that all the pressure is on Kyle Shanahan, not even the 49ers specifically, but Kyle Shanahan, because look, we've rehashed Super Bowl 51 and the blown 28 to three lead. And when you're the head coach for the second biggest blown lead in Super Bowl history, which against the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54. And so now people are saying, all right, can you win the big game? And, and for me, it really reminds me of what we were talking about with Andy Reid before he won his first Super Bowl. There was the clock management issues. And can Andy Reid ever win the big game? But the thing is, once you get that first Super Bowl win, all those storylines just die. But as you said, the 49ers are the favorite. So if they blow this one, Shanahan's just going to become one of those, is he ever going to win the big game? Because we've seen throughout this postseason, the the end of the first half against the Packers, where everybody's wondering, what are you doing? Why aren't you going for the field goal? Uh, Just... No clock management awareness. The first half against the Lions. So he's just, I think people just want to see Kyle Shanahan come through with a a huge coaching performance on the big stage. John, what is something that uh, is not being talked enough about in your mind in this matchup? Is Is there something in this matchup that you're like, boy, that's the one I have my eye on that maybe people aren't talking about enough? 
Oh, I think it's the 49ers defense and just how bad it has been in the playoffs. I mean, we saw Jordan Love absolutely torch them for three straight quarters uh, before they got their act together in that first playoff game. We saw the Lions offense just kind of steamroll through them for two and a half quarters before they got their act together in that game. And if they play badly coming out of the gate in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 250 yards in the first half, and the game's going to be out of reach. You, know, you can come back. When you are the 49ers have such a good roster that you can come back against a team like the Packers or a team like the Lions, but you're not going to do that against the Chiefs, especially because their offense is so good and because they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So their defense, the 49ers, is not going to – they can't come out and lay an egg to start the game. No, they can. And the other part of that, and we saw this from Kansas City in the game in Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, like Kansas City can win it a lot of different ways. They were more than content – milking clock, playing great defense, doing field position because they knew that Baltimore didn't have the answers to the test, as it were. So I, I'm with you. I think the Chiefs have – there's a lot of paths for the, for the Chiefs to get it done. Is there a specific path for the Niners that if, if they are to get this monkey off of Shanahan's back, what is the path for them? I would have to say it is Christian McCaffrey running for about 150 yards and maybe finishing with 200 yards from scrimmage because that takes pressure off of everyone. It takes pressure off Brock Purdy. It takes pressure off Kyle Shanahan. If you can just feed Christian McCaffrey, uh, you don't have to worry about anything else. That kind of sets up the rest of your offense and opens up everything else because, look, first-year quarter, quarterbacks who are playing in the Super Bowl for the first time, they tend to struggle because you don't realize the pressure of the situation until you're actually in the game. And so if McCaffrey gets going, I think that will make things easier on Purdy. It will make Shanahan happier because we've seen he doesn't always trust his quarterbacks in big situations. On the run to Super Bowl 54, there were a couple games where Jimmy Garoppolo threw less than 20 passes. So I would say the key to the game is definitely Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers. All right, buddy, I'll get you out of here on this. How do you see this one going on Sunday? Well, as you said, Bo, there are a lot of paths to a Chiefs win, not so many to a 49ers win. So I'm taking one of those Chiefs paths. And uh, I, I think the Chiefs win handily. I, I, I'm gonna start, my prediction is 31-20, so I'm going to say double digits. Cover City, baby, in a big way. Well, hell, they're underdogs, so any win would be Cover City for them. <laughs> I, it, it, I'm just, I learned in the Buffalo thing, buddy. I'm never betting against Mahomes again. I'm done with it. I, I, I can't do it. I won't do it. Uh, appreciate you. Good luck, sir. You got, what, two more nights? Three more nights? Yep, two more nights. Hang Gotta in there, survive. brother. Hang in there. Keep the liver healthy. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> All right, that's John Breach, NFL writer for CBS, great friend of the program, joining us on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We hit you with three things coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. We used to have a billboard with our host face on it, but only ugly people work here now. You mama say you ugly, hey! The Fan, Ohio sports desk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, Reese, what do we have on the poll today? Daily Fan Poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's uh, Daily Fan Poll asks, who will win the big game on Sunday? Chiefs or the 49ers? Right now, 55% of respondents say the Chiefs will win Super Bowl 58. Whoops, can't say that. What percentage? 
55. Okay. I think so we're going to get a good game. I think I think it's I'm, John didn't think so. He thought he thought Chiefs win kind of handily. He brought up some good points in terms of the Niners defense and um how they were a little leaky in the first two rounds, but um I look, the last few Super Bowls, too, yeah. Yeah, the last bunch of Super they've largely been really good games. There was a time when I was a kid where it was blowouts for a decade. Um it's not the case anymore. The the league is very very balanced and typically you get a good game in the Super Bowl. Um all right, time for three things. Hit it, fellas. Thing. One. Two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Number one for me. My my mentality coming out of the holidays is nose down, battle, fight, get to the middle of March, and then be hopeful that the weather will be great. And this is part of the routine. I understand where we've I've chosen to live. I get it. It's all part of it. Now, Mike, while I love the last week, today, tomorrow, all of it, I do have some concern that this has lulled me into believing that this is spring. False spring. Yeah. We've never I've never had a false spring. Been here since 07. We've never had a false spring like this. Not like this. Not 60 in February. We've never had this. Um, and I'm concerned a little bit about what happens at some point where we have to get made whole on this from a negative standpoint. You're, you've got to have another huge snow. You have to have a week in the twenties. Like that has to be coming. It can. And I don't know if I'm prepared. That's very realistic for Ohio for snow in March. So great February, maybe a terrible March. That might be what we're looking at. First one for me is going to be Super Bowl oriented because we were talking a lot about the food and actually Jayla and I are going to do this this year and we've done it before in the past. Last year I was in my weight loss phase of Awaken 180 so we didn't do it. But I find that this is a great workaround because pizza places, wing places are always so crowded. Oh, you can get it earlier in the day and maybe heat it up. But just getting any sort of that stuff is just so difficult. I find that hey, if you're craving some fried food and you want a nice sauce with it, you want a variety of things, you want things you can pick up and have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We do Chinese food on the Super Bowl. I like it. Because then you, you get some egg rolls, that. you get some crab rangoons, some sweet and sour chicken, some lo mein something with you know yep. something mixed in. I don't have a problem. Boom. I like it. Good uh, zag. Speaking of spring, as uh, pitchers and catchers are beginning to report in spring trainings uh, about to open up, just a thank you to Corey Kluber. Uh, retired this morning after 13 ah. seasons. Most of them spent in Cleveland. Look, that summer of 2016 was one of the most fun that I've ever had, um, not only as a person, but as a sports fan with the Cavaliers and the Guardians. And a lot of it was thanks to his arm. And so he was wonderful. And also to the Guardians organization, if you're going to trade Emmanuel Classe to the Phillies and your return's not Justin Crawford, I'm going to be so mad online. I don't know. Who Those are names. Need a center fielder. <laughs> if you're trading your closer, you got to have somebody in the outfield because the outfield I, stinks right now. I know who Outside Kluber of Stephen is. Kwanch. I know who Kluber is. Other than that, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, number two for me. So, NBC this morning says this. So, they, they, their school is uh, his school is like probably six blocks from quote downtown. So, the little like town square area, and and he goes. He goes, yeah, we're going to walk downtown with our friends, and then, you know, we might get a bite to eat. He's in the sixth grade. And I go, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm used to them walking downtown, but then he's like, but then we're going to get a bite to eat. And I'm like, you're going to get a bite to eat? What are you talking about? And so then I come to find out that he's walking downtown with some of his buddies and his girlfriend and some of her friends. And I said, buddy, 
This is a date. Secret date? You're going on a date. That's what this is. If there's a meal, it's a date. So I think NBC at age 12 is going on his first date tonight. I, I think. Did you let him know that he should at least offer to pay? Get no, that I part didn't. done? Yeah, that's actually when I started doing that in I sixth really grade. Our it. middle school was close enough to walk up to them. Yeah. And another middle school. So the two middle schools middle would schools meet up. Merged. Yes, and that was, and it was interesting. Every once in a while, there'd be those kind of date things from one kid went to this school, the girl yeah. went to this school, and then they get to see each other on Fridays. All right, I'm going to have to, I got to, it's a good reminder to you. I got to remind him to at least offer to pay for the significant other that's a good job second one for me and my third one's going to be linked to this but this was a book week for j-lo she loves to read and whenever she gets a new book and they're just these giant books this one was 800 some pages long and she just gets super into them and then i don't have anybody to talk to at home besides the dog for an entire <laughs> week luckily she reads really fast and she actually finished it yesterday morning so i'm back in but it's basically like living alone when it turns into book week <laughs> and i like to talk at her a lot and if i don't get any you response <laughs> It puts me yeah. down. Second thing for me, good job out of Aaron Schatz of FTNFantasy.com. He was the lone voter for MVP, not Lamar Jackson. So he was he voted for Josh Allen. And he admitted to it, and he had an explanation why. And it, What was the site? Where's he from? FTNFantasy.com. And that's an MVP voter? Yes. Huh. It's like, okay. what's DVOA? Is that like his thing? Okay, oh, I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Okay. So he uses numbers. <laughs> like a nerd. Not a football guy. I don't know why he's got a vote. But more of that, please. If you're going to have a vote on something like this that's not, they don't yeah. release the numbers. Like, say what you did. Show your Own work, up. please. Yeah. Own up to it. Finally, nerd. Uh, number three for me tonight. Um, a basketball tournament again this weekend. Is there are every weekend until the end of February, and I got the schedule. And it's possible that if one of our t- the six or fours like make a run, we could be tipping off at like five o'clock. Who thought this was a good idea? If you're gonna have a basketball tournament on Super Bowl Sunday, that thing's got to be done by noon, man. Two o'clock at the latest. Like abject failure, complete. After losing some of my first tens of pounds last year, I was like, hey, I'm going to start doing push-ups, you know, because I'm, if I'm losing weight, and one, I'm getting in better shape, but two, it, push-ups have to be easier. I'm, I don't weigh as much. And so I've been doing that consistently, and now I've gotten up to where I try to do in the afternoon like 100 push-ups in like four sets of 20, 25, five sets of 20, something like that. And I've been doing it for like a year. J-Lo finishes her book, and yesterday, for the first time, comments on my arms and says they look pretty good. So I guess all it took was a year for J-Lo to notice me. Uh, a big thank you to friend of the program, Ben Simmons. It was about 11 minutes into the third quarter of last night's game. He decided to get into it with Jared Allen. The Cavaliers won on a 21 nothing run uh, in route to what was like a 118-95 victory over the Nets. Cavs are the hottest team in the NBA. I'm telling you right now, if you want to get on that bandwagon, full of seats. Was it 16-17 right now? Yes. Really killing it. Absolutely killing it. Enjoy your Super Bowl, kids. We're back Monday to break it all down. Rothman and Ice coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Common Man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people. And yes, that probably means you, too. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays at 3. The Fan. This is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN. Bet Gambling Promco 1-800-GAMBLER. C.J. Stroud won NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year before the season. He was 8-1 to to win the award. 
Lamar Jackson MVP 16 to 1. But the long shot was Joe Flacco, who was 250 to 1 to win Comeback Player of the Year. Entering week 14, he gets the award. For your ESPN Bet Action Update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon. I'm pretty well. Some sort of breaking news here that has been days in the making. Boston College is set to hire Ohio State offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien as their new head coach. O'Brien was hired just a few weeks ago to be the OC with the Buckeyes. Ryan Day said earlier this week that he still plans on giving up play calling even if O'Brien were to head to B.C. Women's College Hoops, fifth-ranked Ohio State wins on the road last night, routing Minnesota 71-47. That's 10 wins in a row now for the Buckeyes. Next up, they're at Michigan State on Sunday afternoon. And at last night's NFL Honors, Lamar Jackson wins his second MVP award. The Cleveland Browns were well-recognized as Kevin Stefanski won Coach of the Year. Joe Flacco wins Comeback Player of the Year. And Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year. This update is sponsored by BMI Federal Credit Union. Earn a $200 cash bonus when you open a new free checking account at BMI. Visit BMI fcu.org slash free breaking sports news when it happens on the fan ohio sports destination without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.